What is truth? Truth is reality. It can be confirmed by evidence. It is verifiable. And we seek to find it. Welcome to Euphonaut Radio. Euphonaut Radio is a show that takes you on a truth journey outside the matrix to examine the worlds of ufology, the paranormal, and new science. Open your mind as we search for the truth that most are afraid to discuss. This is Euphonaut Radio. Only on PSN Radio. Radio, February 27, 2017. Welcome, everybody. We are live, as Bruce Buffer would say. Jesse Randolph here in the bunker, Portland, Oregon, Pacific Northwest, coming at you in the cold, in the rain, in the snow. We prevail. What do I care? I'm in the bunker. Nothing happens here. Bring it on. To my left, I'm sorry, to my right, the angel of ufology. Mr. Angel Espino joins us, the producer, the man who holds the keys to this kingdom that we live in called PSN Radio Network, Public Streaming Network. Angel Espino, are you there, sir? Accounted and present, present and accounted, and with that kind of introduction, I'm retiring tonight because I don't actually go any further than that. That's, it. That's the height of my career right there. Thank you, sir. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you know, I, I, I did drink my coffee tonight. I, I feel it, juice, I, I do, man. I feel it. I, feel I, I feel like kind of feeling like the spirit of Solaris in me or something. You know, I'm talking real fast, you know. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Getting, I'm just, it's just coming to me so fast. So I'm talking so fast. You even anyway. Hey, <laughs> we have a crazy show tonight. A really power-packed show, like a freight train coming at you. Let me just give you a little tantalization moment here okay we're going to start with the news we've got some great talking points tonight of course our moon hoax part two which i know a lot of you people are like oh boy well guess what i was just talking to somebody in chat that didn't even know what the moon hoax was so this is great there's people who don't get it and there's people that are embarrassed to get it and i get that i get it so tonight we're going to have part two. Rich G, he was here for part one. He is in the field somewhere. I heard that we're going to try to get him. And Correct. if he joins us, okay, if he joins us, fantastic. If he can, I know he's listening. Rich G, when you want, we're here. We also are going to be talking tonight about uh, a bunch of talking points but one of the big talking points, and I'd love some other people's feedback, I promise we'll try to answer the phone, right, Angel? I'll do my best, Captain. I'll do my okay. best. Yes. Uh, kids, <laughs> if you want to call in, uh, there's a number. Yep. And Angel's going to tell you all about that. Darn it, I thought you were going to go for it. All right, it's, uh... 
786-245-8127. Again, that's 786-245-8127. Doesn't matter if you're east of the Rockies, west of the Rockies, south of the equator. If you're sitting on a flat earth, draw up a line, take a seat, call us up, dial on in. We'll take your call. We'll love to hear from you. Hey, if you're somewhere in an altered dimension, you know, somewhere in deep in space and time somewhere else, that number will still get you right here on the network. So call in. We'll love to hear from you. Bleep, blah, bloop, blah, whatever your language sounds like. Call in. We'll accept it. If you're a time traveler, call in. 786-245-8127. If you're an abductee, call in. 786-245-8127. If you've been anally probed more than twice in your life, Call in, definitely. I want to hear from you. 786-245-8127 or something like that. Just call in, damn it. This is PSN Radio, Euphonaut Radio. Go for it, Jesse. <laughs> you know the bloop, blop, bleep, blop that you were doing on Skywatchers the other night? Huh? Yeah, because it, 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 there's a lot of people, I think, uh, were trying to email me during the week that they actually knew what you were saying. They, there you go. They're listening. <laughs> My interdimensional listeners. Oh, God. It's crazy. I'm telling you, it's hard not to get depressed about ufology in uh, 2017 so far. It's really screwed up. It really screw. It really is. When you start looking at an overview of uh, who is getting people's ears and eyes and where people are gyrating towards, attracted to, etc., it's... It's really depressing. And then, then I'll listen to a Rich G show and I'm like, oh my God. Wow. The subject is, uh, six feet under, man. Then you but, just want to commit suicide. <laughs> no, I don't. I swear. <laughs> I swear I don't. I got a new dog this week. Uh, yes. fostering. Fostering. Nice. Uh, you know how that goes. Um, yeah, like I'm going to return the dog, right? Um, well, that just means if it doesn't work out, you can send him back, right? It well, it, legally, it's not my dog right now, right? Okay. So, so you're leasing uh, the dogs, that, how's that how that works? Or? Yeah, that's the way I look at it. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, you know what the yeah, fuck? Yeah, I'll lease the dog for about twenty-four months. If I don't like it, I'll just return for another one. No, well, what happened was I went down to Washougal, Washington. Okay. Uh, here's a tip for you guys: if you're in a relationship and you want to get a new dog. Let your girl pick the dog. That is the smartest move in the world. Unless, you know, you're, unless she's trying to get a Yorkie and you really don't want a Yorkie or something like that. Not like there's anything wrong with that. But if you have your heart set on something else, I get it. But if you don't, let your gal pick the dog. And here's why. Because there is such a harmony in my house right now, especially from a stress point of view. When you get a new dog, and I'm a dog guy. I've always been a dog guy. So if I have a dog in my life, I get very sad. So uh, sure enough, I see this dog online. And I'm trying to find dogs that are, you know, well-adjusted and such. And I found this one dog. I sent it over to my girl. And she thought she was super cute. And she was. Then I found a couple more dogs. But she had her heart set on this dog just because uh, she was connecting with the photo and the description. Now, this is a American Staffordshire Terrier. For those of you who want to Google that, uh, American Staffordshire Terrier. Um, and if you Google that, you'll probably go, uh, okay, that's Pitbull. Uh, because it is. But there's a bunch of different names for Pitbulls, and they are different things. If uh, you're a big dog show person, I guess they they have all kinds of different names uh, and the 
American Staffordshire is a specific offshoot of the pit bull. So we go down and check this dog out in Washuga, Washington, which is a gorgeous location. And I took this dog home. And uh, before I left the building, the the woman running the animal shelter says to me, well, you know, uh, you can foster the dog. Well, I'm sitting there thinking about, you know, if this is the right dog. I can already see that my my fiance is uh, pretty into the dog. So um, and it's, you know, it's a it's a gorgeous animal. But anyway, I said to myself, getting back to this lease situation, I said, well, hell, I got nothing to lose. What's the down payment on fostering a dog? Zero. What do you get if you foster a dog? A ton of food. What do you have to pay for if you foster a dog? Zero. You don't have to pay any medical expenses. And if you have animals, you know how much they cost at the vet. So, yeah, of course I fostered the dog. And as you pointed out, it now seems like I've leased the dog. So, but the dog's name is Sadie. Nice. And absolutely gorgeous. In fact, what I'm going to do is not to not to be one of these uh, cat weirdo radio hosts, but I'm going <laughs> to send. <laughs> I'm going to say because I love cats too. In fact, my my poor cat hasn't left the basement here. She's living here in the bunker. Uh, since has, the dog has, she, has, has arrived. Has she seen the dog? She, she's, uh, yeah, but she's terrified, right? Yeah, there, there's procedures <laughs> that I've been following to try to introduce them, and uh, none of which are going all that well so far. <laughs> I mean, but how it's, big is this dog, though? I mean, is it full-grown or is it a puppy? This is a full-grown uh, American Staffordshire Terrier. She's four years old, So, and I'm talking about a dog with a hundred percent muscle. You know the kind I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are beautiful dogs, but uh, man, the bent kind of dog, you know. Now, was it a rescued dog, or I mean, how did exactly? They, I mean, how did they get their hands on this dog? Yeah, it's a. That's something you have to take into account because if the, their previous owner beat the dog, or like, especially these kind of dogs, if they were abused in any way, they're that's I, dangerous. Well, absolutely, and you, you have to really look into the background, and right. you got to. You know, it was the dog raised, okay, and such. Um, of course, when you go to a shelter, you never fully know. However, I'm sort of – I would consider this breed to be an advanced dog owner breed. It's not – should not be your first dog. If it's your, you know, third, fourth dog and you've had good success with training animals, um, because my last dog, uh, people still didn't uh, believe me that he was a uh, menacing uh, a guy when I got him, but I had to train that out of him. Some people trained it into them, right? So uh, we will see. However, leasing a dog, thats uh, I've never heard it before. And now uh, I guess that's exactly what I've done. So wish me well. I will, I will put a photo via Angel and possibly Twitter maybe or Facebook on the website because it's a nice change of pace, and you can see my new puppy. Anywho. Let's jump back into the game here because we got a lot to talk about. So why don't we jump right in? Yeah, let's train <laughs> and get this get this truth journey rolling with some talking points tonight and jump right in, shall we? Okay, first talking point of the evening. I want to get into this cynical view of the NASA announcement this week. The press conference that I 
was drooling about. In fact, I was so excited about it. After after they had it, I stayed up really fucking late on a work night to listen to Hoagland to hear what kind of nonsense wackiness he was going to spew. And sure enough, it was a repeat. And it was, oh, God, for it was like the worst guest ever. But it doesn't matter. The point is that I still haven't heard Hoagland spiel on what this conference represents. Now, 99.9% of the people who heard this press conference that I've spoken to are incredibly cynical. And I'm just going to list off some of the adjectives associated with what I'm hearing. Um, disappointed. Uh, disinterested, lots of D's. Uh, Devastated? Just no animosity, no. disbelief. Uh, you know, even uh, Dolan, who's on before us over on a, another station that's not very good, um, was just talking about this too. I was listening to him while I was eating a veggie burger. And he even sounded very cynical about it kind of mocking it. Well, it's 40 trillion light years away or whatever the hell it is, 40 trillion miles. It's very, very far. It's further than we can go, that's for sure. Or is it, right? Depends who you talk to down the block here. But anyway, I really wanted to hear what Hoagland had to say. I, I sat there and listened to this press conference with bated breath, as I always do, because when they come up with these things, this is something to pay attention to. And I found a lot of things interesting about it, and that's why I wanted to get the conspiracy cat's um, angle on it. But to me, there were a couple of things I picked up on, so let's talk about it real quick. First off, I got a whole sense of downplaying this to a certain degree as far as uh, we're only giving you one piece of what this really is. So I felt like there was some – there was more meat to this, but they weren't announcing it yet. I also got a sense that they kept kind of trying to tell you throughout the press conference that uh, we are going to find life. It made it seem as though this is uh, not a question anymore. And it, it was very smooth how they sort of worded it, where I started to feel as though, you know, is this just another component to indoctrination that's moving along par for the course, and we've heard about this for years upon years, is this just another effort to move it along even further and get us more acclimated to the narrative that, yes, there are other worlds just like ours, okay? We're not that special, so don't worry. We're not alone, and it's just that we haven't caught up in the tech yet. But guess what? Now we know where to push our budgetary funds. If we can get some more, please, Mr. President. Right. So I saw that component, which is a budgetary ploy, which that's name of the game. Right. You have to do that. You better sell something interesting and exciting to D.C. or else they're not going to come. And they're not going to write checks. Well, this is pretty interesting. This is pretty exciting. And keep in mind, this press conference is telling us probably, I don't know, would you, would you think, Angel, uh, you know, 25 percent of what they've actually found? As far as information. Yeah, roughly about 25, 30%, yeah, roughly. Yeah, if that. Mm -hmm. So think about that for a second. Yep. yep. Hold on, I want to take a hit. I want to take a hit of this water. <laughs> H2O <laughs> is good for the soul. Yeah, yeah. So I got a lot of things. And now, you know, 
do I want to hear like a reverse speech on these guys? That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, I don't believe that shit, but it sure is fun to listen to. Like the David John Oates guy or whatever his name was. Remember that guy? Yep, yep. Wouldn't that be fun to kind of get uh, him? Break? I'm sure he's doing it. I think he does it for rents now for years. Mm. Um, in fact, uh, I was listening to a William Tompkins, uh, Tompkins interview on rents recently. And, uh, wow. You still listen this to This is Rens, where you get depressed you? about you. You know, I don't, but I've been studying up on this William Tompkins because mm. basically a lot of people have put a lot of credibility into him. Um, and they are using him as a means to say, see, this guy is corroborating everything we're saying about the SSP. So Corey Good and Will Cock and these other cats are coming out saying, hey, see, uh, uh, Bill Tompkins is, is uh, saying everything we've been saying. Uh, so if that lends credibility, good, good deal, but it doesn't. Because uh, there is absolutely zero proof to anything that Bill Tompkins has said. Again, this is the one thing that all these guys have in common. It's amazing. I finally figured it out, Angel. Um, from Wilcox to Bill Tompkins to just about, not just about, I'm sorry, everyone who is spewing the SSP, this is the secret space program. It sounds so silly to even say, I was a part of the secret space program. It, it's just so silly. It sounds like bad sci-fi. It's not even a sci-fi. Okay, you know what I mean. It was like sci-fi with a S Y instead of S C I. It's part of the secret space program. So, um, and then it's it's no secret. Remember that song? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know what, man? I blame Canada for all of this. Why? Why not? Just okay. Like... Yeah. Good point. Good point. But they do have a. This, this other ultra secret, ultra secret program called Solar Warden, which is yep. real cool, man. And I love that word, Solar Warden. That term, that that name is is pretty cool, don't you think? Oh, that's a that's an excellent name. You know, here's going. You know, stopping you for a second, going into this whole thing with David Wilcox and a lot of these folks. Uh, I think we kind of, you know, we went over this uh, briefly, uh, you and I, and I've, I know I've talked about it before on Skywatchers, where these these folks, uh, the Wilcox and uh, the Bisaggios of the world, uh, these folks that are involved in these. Uh Whatever. How are you pronouncing it, the douchebag name? I'm so excited I can say his name right now. It took like I know, three I'm proud of you. Took you like three or four years. God. But even like the Billy Myers, all these people are doing is they're creating a narrative to sell their you know, themselves and their products and sell their stories, which none of it can be collaborated at, at all. Uh, and that's the beauty of it. You can't disprove it. You can't prove it. Yeah, that's the one thing they have in common. Yeah. There is absolutely zero proof to anything they're saying. There's no physical or even uh, the eyewitness. Their eyewitnesses are redonkolo. I mean, yeah. It's, I don't know. It's, I don't think anything that they talk about is going to have anything to do with uh, these planets they found, though. I mean, this is something uh, which I think is going to be completely, you know, out, out of left field. I think this is, and honestly, I think this is a big ruse by NASA, uh, announcing, "Oh, we found these planets," and you know, and making it sound like there's life on them. Of course, they know there's life on these planets. Well, do we have do we have proof of knowledge that, that of course they know? Well, here's the thing. 
And I, I don't was... say, of course, we know about anything anymore. It's so here's, top well, secret. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, we could all in ufology agree that there's something going up. There's a big cover-up. There's some kind of agenda. There's something hidden the government's been doing, right? We, we all kind of agree on that. We all believe that, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Now, we all think and believe that it involves UFO and UFO technology, right? Correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. Now, if, for example, for the last 100 years, give or take 10, 15, 20 years, right? For the last 100 years, there's a possibility that we've been in contact with aliens from another world, somewhere deep in space, right? We might have had even the technology crash here on Earth. Maybe some of it was given to like the Nazis or other organizations. We don't know. Speculation, there's talk, there's rumors, right? But let's just say that some of that is real. Okay. And we've been in contact with these beings, right? And at their disclosure readiness is when they're going to announce it. Not at ours is when the, the aliens are ready to be announced. Maybe that's what's been holding this thing back. Maybe I don't agree. Us. I don't no, agree no, that, no, no, that no, no, I wouldn't take no, it no. as an assumption. Hang on. I wouldn't assume that we've had contact on an official level with extraterrestrial races. I'm not convinced of that whatsoever. Well, that's the assumption that most make, and, and you can go either uh, the stories of the Nazis, you can go the stories of our own government. Hey, look, there's stories I of... I don't have one iota one. of proof that the Nazis well, had... No, of course, there's... But, the, but Jesse, Jesse, here's the thing. There's not one iota of proof of anything in ufology. It's all hearsay. All of it. Look, there, there are plenty of cases that have physical evidence associated... Or you're missing the radiation yeah, missing on the point, stocks though. or whatnot. There are cases that involve evidence. Yeah, but none, okay. none of that means extraterrestrial. But here, you're missing the point. I'm going on a hypothetical here. Let's just assume, okay, that some of this stuff is true that people have talked about over the last hundred years. Whether you believe it or not, it doesn't matter. That's irrelevant right now. We're just talking about on a hypothetical. Whether I believe it or not, it doesn't matter. Hypothetically speaking, if some of that lore is true, if we have been in contact with aliens, if we have back-engineered some crafts, if we do have our hands in some of this technology, what makes you think that we're not already engaged in going back and forth to these planets and have the technology to fly all over the cosmos and do these crazy things? That, you know, When we see them as individuals, they're like, it looks like magic, these ships that are just disappearing in the middle of the sky. And this could very well be technology that we've had for the last 50, 60, 70, 80 years that we've engineered from whatever you know, retrieval. I mean, all that stuff is a possibility. But NASA, if we all agree, lies, right? We all we, Nobody on this, uh, you know, on this phone call right now, and nobody listening to the show right now, believes NASA 100. percent Nobody. No. We all think, well, we all think they're that liars, was right. This was my so, point about the press conference in general, which was yeah, that so, so the, the whole cynicism thing, is just like, off yes. the charts. Yeah, completely. It, it's depressing. It is so depressing that people will come out from NASA with these uh, amazing claims that should be taken. As wow, this is something to revere. This is something we should stop programming for and make this announcement. This is earth-shattering news, but it wasn't that way to most people that I spoke to during the work but week. It, exactly, because at this point, Jesse, is it really earth-shattering news? We've been conditioned for the last 50 years to accept that we're not alone. Correct. But... 
this is much more digestible and makes a lot more sense as far as technologically where we are at. And we're starting to dip into what I want to talk about tonight with Moon Hoax Part 2. If you believe that it is impossible for us to leave this planet past the Van Allen belt, if you believe that we can't do that yet, that we're not able to do that, we can't do interstellar travel basically anyways. If you believe that, then you know this announcement would be earth-shattering because – if you believe all this other stuff about the SSP or, you know, we've got lunar bases with Nazis running around and, you know, we go there all the time and we have uh, ways of stunting our growth and uh, rejuvenating us with aspirin-like pills that only take a few days to start working. I mean, this is some of the malarkey that I listen to all week long. I, I listen to almost all these shows so that I can speak to it. Okay, um, I can't digest that stuff. To me, it all sounds like bad sci-fi. So to me, there's a big difference in digesting something like this and getting excited about it. I feel like I work for Skeptic Magazine sometimes these days. It's really insane. But if you think about where we're at and you believe that we can't really go past the Van Allen belt, which I am pretty much in belief of at this point after – Hours upon hours of YouTube people videos? that I respect. No. <laughs> YouTube, YouTube mega sessions. Would you kidding me? Let me tell. Let me tell you something real quick. I can't do anything in this day and age without watching a fucking YouTube video about how Amazing, to do it. Right? It makes my life so. How to water a plant. How to walk a dog. How to cook a sandwich. How to make spaghetti. It doesn't matter. YouTube. I mean. I don't care what anybody says. It's the best thing the Internet has to offer for me. It's a how-to on anything. Bad stuff, good stuff, and in between. Anyway, let's continue with our talking points as uh, we have much to cover, my friend. But point well taken. I feel a little depressed about that press conference. I feel as though I was one of the only people who thought that was really exciting. Um, you know, technology changes – if you if, forget about all the conspiracy stuff for a second, just think about what we know that exists. Uh, technology changes in a in a heartbeat, so uh, we don't know what in another five years we might have hyperdrives that would make that a lot more possible. Um, special types of uh, propulsion systems that everyone claims we already have, yep. and everyone well, claims we're already doing. We're coming back yep. and forth for lunch. I get it. I get it. I get it. No, no, okay. but here, 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 here's to a me, twist, though, Jesse. Uh, they just this year. Please. Uh, how fast is technology growing over the last uh, 50 years? It's insane. Leaps right. and bounds. We, we went from, like, horse and carriages to, like, on the moon. We got iPads, tablets, whatever we could think of that we could create, 3D printed machines. I mean, yeah. think about how incredibly advanced we've gotten now just uh, in uh, the last 100 years. Um I don't think that's a coincidence. I don't think we took that leap that quick without having some kind of a push. And, and, would, and well, say what you will. I, I do. You know, I don't believe the Bisaggio stories. I don't believe you know, none of this uh, cockamamie stuff that there's secret space programs that is uh, you know indoctrinating these people to go to the moon and go to Mars, and somehow they have to pick a Lauren Eisenhower in a in a Bisaggio and these crazy individuals who look crazy and 
sound crazy. I mean, I don't think any of that is true, but I do think that, hey, you know, we probably do have some technology that's a couple hundred years more advanced than they let on. And they got it from well, somewhere, yes. and they're testing yeah, it. And, and military does their testing, and, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, but what, what you're speaking right now is really the story of, of the day after Roswell, the Colonel Corso story, because this speaks about, according to Colonel Corso, as you know from uh, Mr. Mr. Burns, who uh, was the uh, yep. was he the, the ghostwriter on this one? Correct. I think he was. Or, yep. He was co-writer, ghostwriter, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The story goes, the folklore or mm-hmm. the truth, whatever you choose to believe, that Corso was responsible. He was tasked at the Foreign Technology Division to disseminate technology recovered from crash extraterrestrial vehicles. Okay, And he was tasked to funnel these technologies, as you know, to big business, uh, i.e. fiber optic technology, i.e. Uh, laser technology, i.e. Kevlar technology, and alike, and that's how we made this leap. We actually made this leap via the Roswell incident, okay? And it's quite a story. I mean, if you want to read a good flipping book and you haven't read that book yet, oh, man, you won't sleep that night. But one thing one thing Bill Burns is good at doing is writing. I'll tell you that much. Um, guy forgets my name every time I speak to him, but he can write. Um, also, Whitley Strieber can write. Yes, hey, he easy. No, he's pretty cool. I like Bill. Bill Burns oh, is man. I know. I just hate when he forgets my name. Oh, well. And, and, At least he doesn't call you the other guy. No, he doesn't. No, he, You know what? He doesn't forget <laughs> my name. He, for, he screws up the name of the show. Does he really? Yeah. I forgot what he calls it. It doesn't matter. He's great. When are they coming back? I hope they come back. Uh, well, as soon as they're re- they're finished with uh, the, with the working on, she's Nancy's working on a book. I think she's like eighty percent done. And <clears throat> Bill's working on a book and another project. So when that, that's done, they'll. Be Why are these people time. writing books anymore, Angel? Uh, nobody reads anymore. Make a fucking YouTube are video. Are you Are you kidding me? <laughs> are you shit? Are you Are you kabullshitting me? Hey, what's the last book you read? <laughs> a car manual. <laughs> No, it was a Star Wars novel. That's uh, ah. pretty good. That's pretty good. Oh yeah, that that that's another thing that made me laugh almost uncontrollably. This okay, week. it was a, it was a coloring book, Star Wars coloring the, book. This is almost <laughs> just as bad. The Corey Good graphic novel he's doing about the blue avions or something. Oh my god, we got to oh, look this god. up. I'll look it up at the break, but he's got a picture of himself like looking up into the sky and. <laughs> It's really, it's really silly, man. Diva. Anyway, hey, just so you know, uh, kids listening out there, um, it's not that I like to bag on other people's stuff. Uh, it's not that. It's just that sometimes people make it so damn easy, and you have to point this stuff out. It's for mm-hmm. fun. It's for shits and giggles too. So take it with a grain, and laugh at yourself sometimes. God knows I do it plenty. Let's keep going because last night was a big deal. Last night was a show that I had been waiting for for about four days. It was George Knapp interviewing uh, his second interview with Tom DeLonge, the front man of the famous – is it rock? What would you call it? Power punk? 
He was in uh, uh is that the power powered glam punk? No, not glam. glam? I guess it's no. No, it, glam's dead. It's, I guess it's just <laughs> eight, I guess it's power punk. Blink one eighty two. Like commercial power punk. Like Green Day, remember? Oh god, yeah, I remember Green Day. Yeah, well this is the thing where again you know, <laughs> So if you don't know anything about Tom DeLong, I'm not gonna catch it all the way up, but it's not really all that hard to to digest. Uh, well, it's hard to digest, hard to understand. Basically, he was the head of this band, uh, not my cup of tea by any means, sort of kind of a bubblegum thing, um, but very, very popular. He's a rock, he's a rock legend, you know, as far as in that genre. I don't know if legend's the right word, but he's a rock star. Mm, okay. Yeah. And I think Abbas Barker in his band, the guy who got into that plane crash and lived. He's kind of like this skater-looking guy. He's the drummer where he's got tattoos all over him. He's got a mohawk. You know what I'm talking about? Yep, yep. I know the guy. Travis Barker. I think he's a reality show, too, like growing up with the Barkers or something, and him and his wife. And Anyway, uh, he quits the band a few years back. You know, this is less than five years, guys, and decides he wants to pursue a career in ufology. Uh, basically starts a new company called to the stars inc and starts putting out well you can go to his website and you go to his website and you can buy his books you can buy his music you can buy his apparel if you want to have a t-shirt or hat and stuff like that i guess and uh if you click on what they are about they're an independent multimedia entertainment company founded by award-winning musician, author, and director Tom DeLong in San Diego. The company aims to inspire a newfound appreciation of the profound yet unresolved mysteries involving science and the universe through research and entertainment that ultimately builds community, positivity, and hope. Okay, yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. But what made this an interesting interview and why I was waiting on it was of course you know the only person le- worth listening to with with street cred is is George Knapp when he does coast. Um, it's kind of silly when and fun when he plays DJ too. I kind of get a kick out of it because he he really gets into introducing the music and it's all these sort of Art Bell oldie rock tunes, you know. So he'll be like, 1989, we're going into the break with Toto out of Africa. Do, 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 do. You know? And then they play Alba on the return. Alba. Yeah. It'll <laughs> be like, yep, yep. I'm sure Tom remembers this one, like a Rolling Stone, Bob Dylan, 1969. You know, and he gets really into being the DJ, which is kind of, kind of goofy, but it's real fun too. So I have to give uh, props to that. And also, obviously, they have they they spend plenty of money to be able to spin those records. So spin away. In fact, that's the only thing good about. Uh, that's the only redeeming quality left on Midnight in the Desert is that they they're holding on to their music. It's like, uh, yeah, if they they paid a little bit more attention to the content, it might be a better show. But anyway, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this Tom DeLonge show. Well, come on, you know what? I try my hardest to listen to these. Uh, I really do, and I can't find a redeeming quality over there these days. It's it's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Anyway, that's why I stick to the PSN. Tom DeLong gets on uh, George Knapp. Why is he on this time? Well, apparently the first time he had proclaimed that he had gone out there and met with some very heavy-duty insiders, 
right? Very Wilcoxy. My insiders told me. My incisors told me. My precious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And he has inside information. He's making progress. Stay tuned. Yada, 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 yada. Okay. And he becomes another kind of guy who comes out of left field, like a Joe Firmage or uh, what's the other guy who was a uh, famous British vocalist that came over here and went to the Gilliland Ranch and uh, Robbie Williams. Uh, okay. Decided to, you know, get real into ufology, did a couple of articles. I mean, if you look up Tom DeLong leaves Blink-182 for ufology, you'll see articles in Spin Magazine and things like that. This guy is a big shot, okay? Plenty of money, I would imagine, uh, hopefully for him, if he made the right deals, but plenty more money than every ufologist probably put together, rolled up into a big ball, and put in a box. It's... uh Plenty more than what we make, obviously. So he gets on NAP, and I'm waiting for the goods, because NAP has put in an intro to salivate your tentacles. I mean, he's really, he's getting you hooked. And so I decide, I'm going to stay up late on a work night, and i got to hear what Tom DeLong has to say. Am I going to be disappointed? No, I'm not going to be cynical. I'm going to be straight up and listen to this show. So... Nap does a great job of saying, look, when the WikiLeaks stuff hit with all the Podesta emails, here's what happened. There was a f- couple of emails, a couple of threads going back and forth between Tom DeLong and John Podesta. Holy cow. And this is what he was saying when he spoke to Nap the first time, which was, hey, I'm meeting with some insiders. Guess what? He was right. That's pretty cool. So a lot of people all of a sudden – Tom DeLong is getting calls from major news networks saying, what the F, right? And why are you part of this Podesta dump talking about saucers, talking about uh, some interesting things? As we know, Podesta has been involved with discussing this topic on a high level, although he really hasn't done much of anything. I know a lot of people pretend that he has without any sort of evidence to support that what he has done is made some claims as far as uh, i'm sorry not claims he's made some statements and words to the effect of this subject is not getting the uh the due diligence it deserves it's not getting the respect uh and more importantly information is not being released that needs to come out i.e secrecy and lifting of the veil Anyway, that's great. Then he helped support uh, or he was part of the board, the yada yada, with Leslie Keen, uh, who wrote a terrific ufology book uh, with some very credible people, uh, generals alike, and their stories, yada, yada, yada. But uh, outside of that, no, he has not been able to really break through this ice of security or this lifting of this veil. So, you know. Maybe he was a fan of Tom DeLonge. Who knows? Maybe he, you know, I know Stephen King liked Green Day. So if that creepy guy called up Stephen King one day and said, hey, can I talk to you about horror movies? Maybe he would have met with him. You know what I mean? That's what happens with superstars a lot. They, they commingle a lot. Very true. You know, yeah. Yeah. strange people hanging out with Rob Lowe and mm-hmm. he's ha- hanging out with Jack White or something, you know, and they're playing golf or, 
you know, Alice Cooper's, uh, you know, hanging out in a sauna with Pee Wee Herman. It, it happens. It I'm does. afraid to find. I'm afraid to find out what happens in the sauna with Pee Wee Herman and Alice Cooper. That's, that's right. <laughs> and you know what? I saw an Alice Cooper concert on television uh, on Access a couple of weeks ago. It was it was fucking incredible. I couldn't believe uh. how good it was. I'm telling you, it just from a theatrical standpoint. This I I didn't know much about him, and I said, "Wow, that's where that's where Marilyn Manson got everything he did." Pretty much, it yeah. was yeah. it was really cool. Anyway, yeah. so I was really you could you're you're getting the sense here. I was excited about this interview. I made decaf coffee. I had an entire box of Girl Scout cookies ready. Yeah, the samosa. Yeah. Oh, the Samoas. I call them Samosas. That's the little potato Indian things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was the setup here. Tom DeLong, according to Knapp, was going to really come forward with some heavy-duty news. And this sounded like a Wilcock uh, build-up. You know what I'm saying? Where he's going to tell us everything, so don't go anywhere. I sat through the nauseating fucking commercials. I hate when they do – you come back from about 65 commercials, and then they go – Hey, something, something. We're here with Tom DeLong of the band Blink-182, and he's got some very important stuff to share with us, some high-level information, so don't go anywhere. It's like, why didn't you just play the last commercial and not say that? Because now I got sucked back into it, and then you just disappointed me again. So now there's 75 commercials, which is why I can't listen to that show, besides the uh, obvious reasons. So Nap, when Nap's on, I will listen sometimes when he's got a good guest, and he usually tries to. He tries to get the good people. But I will say, this night, wow, Tom DeLong did not bring the goods at all. Instead, what happened was George kept trying to be nice, and I guess these guys are friends outside. They've, they've done some things together, or they've met, whatnot, uh, and George was uh, very respectful. But I will say, he tried to bring him there multiple times and i feel for him i'm an interviewer so are you angel i mean he gave this guy every opportunity and sure as shit it started to sound like the same old silly crap that we've heard nine thousand times it wasn't even full of the sci-fi details you're going to get with the Corey goods and the william Tompkins and stuff like that it was just stuff like well i can tell you that we uh we have relationships with aliens, I think about 23 races. And I was like, okay, what else? And what are you going to do about it? And who's doing something Where's about it? Where's the proof? Right. right. Where's the meat and potatoes? We know all that shit, right? We've heard that for years, man. Don't say you're going to bring up some heavy-duty stuff. And then, of course, right. it goes right into the books. And this, is, right. this is my gripe with, by the way, not to cut you off, sorry, but this is my gripe with like people like Edgar Mitchell, for example, who a lot of, a lot of folks uh, took very serious. A lot of his stuff was like, well, they told me this, and I heard this, and I read this book, or you know, I, this author told me this piece of information, and he really had no first-hand information. It was mostly all second- and third-hand information, which he just regurgitated, which is a lot of what we're talking about here. It's the same thing. People regurgitating stuff they've been told, or... They heard to the grapevine. Or, yeah. You know, that's there was nothing here. I listened right. to two and a half hours, and I'll tell you, it always went back into his book. And the the book, I, I think it, one of the books is called Secret Machines, which is a cool title. Yeah, it is, yeah. 
Yeah, I like. I, look, I I don't. I'm not bagging on because I don't like the music, and I like plenty of crappy music that I just happen to like. Okay, you can make fun of me if you saw my collection. It's not can that. Yes. It's that. It's the ego involved to say, hey, I've read a bunch of books. I've listened to Art Bell for 25 years. I'm an expert. I can get to the bottom of this shit. And he just falls into that category of guys who have done that over the years. It's these kind of narcissistic people. And I don't blame them because if I was a rock star and what comes with that, and you've seen enough documentaries and Angel, you, you know, we've, we've met some in our time. Uh, it's hard not to have a lot of smoke blown up your ass for years that you start believing that you're the yep. shit and that you oh, can't yeah. move fucking mountains, right? Yep. So, sure, here comes Joe Furmage from US Web. You just got $60 million for something that was not worth even close to that because of the timing. Well, guess what? You won the lottery. That doesn't make you a genius, okay? You won the fucking lottery. There were a million people with concepts in that realm. You hit the jackpot. You had the timing. Good for you. Doesn't mean that you're smarter than everyone else and that you're going to be able to get through the veil of secrecy. And it's not – I'm not saying it with venom. I'm glad that they try, I guess. But it kind of undermines a lot of the people who have been doing research for eons like Nap, like people like that who have been in the trenches for years to be like, okay, I just – I just blocked out three hours for this guy who says he's got the goods and then don't use that as a, a marketing ploy because basically I know that his audience, he's smart enough. He's a marketer, right? He markets music for years very successfully. So, and he's a front man. So he knows how to be a showman and get people excited about things. He knows that that coast to coast audience is the sweet spot for his books. Right? Uh, I believe our nonfiction. Now he's doing a trilogy because he's building a brand. And when you start listening to this shit, you're like, this is so narcissistic and nauseating. This is terrible. Please, George Knapp, call him on this and say, hey, man, really? That's all you got for us? That's a bunch of bullshit. You're, you're really disappointing this audience. You know, this is not what we expected you to come with. That you can't talk about most of it, but stay tuned and buy the book. I mean, come on. So, once again, quite disappointed. I'm sure there were plenty of people listening there with bated breath, just like, oh, wow. Maybe Tom was able to actually do something that no one else could do. Look, because he met with John Podesta or had some email exchanges. John Podesta loves this subject. He's a sci-fi fan. He is an X-Files junkie, blah, blah, blah. Look, these fucking people are people. They take a shit just like you do. Okay? A lot of them got lucky, and a lot of them have a lot of money, and things happen. People go up and down financially. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You think Bill Paxton woke up and said, hey, I'm going to the Oscars tomorrow. Hey, my kid's in my new TV show. I'm kicking ass. I'm dead. Right? You don't wait. You just do what you want to do and do it quickly. Do it today because tomorrow you may not be here. We are very fragile beings when you look at it. So we plan ahead and we think we're going to do this and that. And then you go in for a dental procedure and you're dead. And that happens. That happens. So this whole narcissistic 
bullshit about I'm going to be able to cut through. And he started talking about how we, you know, he's bringing a new kind of mentality or a new uh, uh, face to ufology because we're not we're not getting along with the establishment. Well, of course we're not getting along with them because they've been lying and using our money for clandestine bullshit, probably involving torturing people and all, all kinds of evil shit for years. Child trafficking. Okay. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. You can go on and on. But oh, the point yeah. is, yeah. so he's like, well, we have to meet them halfway, and this is what he represents, right? And and if we think, I mean, seriously, I, I got kind of embarrassed here because I was like, wow. It's one thirty in the morning. I stayed up late to listen to Tom DeLong from Blink One Eighty Two, a, a, a kind of a teeny bopper band um, from the nineties or something. I don't, I don't even know what band. I think it was the the yeah, late like around the nineties. I think early two thousands. Yeah, around there. Anyway, I'm not demeaning it. It's like one four five power punk uh, stuff. You know, you know, very hooky hooky choruses. Whatever. It, it, the point is, it, it, it's not a, a very deep thing. And then to say that's the savior. Who's going to be able to punch through and get us the answers we so need to save the planet or whatnot? And it's Tom DeLong. That's our savior. And I was just like, wow, we really have fall through the ice. We no, have this fallen is, through this the is ice. A guy, this is a guy who's a fanboy of this singer or, or this musician, and uh, he's using that you know little celebrity this person has left uh, to uh, you know, shine a little bit of a light on, on the agenda at hand. And, uh, you know... It is what it is, but you know this does this is not the, not the first time that it happens. You know, oh. we went through the whole thing with Joe Rogan not too long ago, who joined ufology, and then he was like, oh, like you know, all excited and giddy about promoting everything, and then we did a three sixty, and next thing you know, he's bashing everybody, including Bill Burns. So, yeah, he did a one eighty. He, he really did, yeah. and we talked about it last week. Joe Rogan, who I was a huge fan of, I still enjoy him, but I don't listen to him anymore because this was a slap in the face. When you're chumming it up and you're moving up the ranks and somebody either pulls you aside, he must have, and said, hey, man, we got to change yep. the way we're doing things here. Hey, look, I can't say everything I want to say on the radio. It's not worth it. There are some people that end up DOA. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not interested in that. I know the power and I know uh, limitations on freedom of speech. Of course not. And with Joe Rogan, I guarantee you that's exactly what happened. Somebody pulled him to the side, and um, they told him they had to switch the uh, the narrative. If not, yeah. he, he was going to go to cuckoo land, and he's going to stay there as a personality. And uh, you know, and bad things could happen to him if he continues this narrative. Uh, I think that's exactly what happened with Joe Rogan. But look, same thing happened with Dan Aykroyd and other celebrities. These are not the first celebrities. And that's the thing, too, Angel. Is, say, this drive into ufology. Yeah, and some of these characters, like I said, the narcissism, the ego, the, well, I can do it, just give me the phone kind of thing, right? right. Because they were able to get a table at the right restaurant or because I'm they thought... I'm a big celebrity. I sold a million me. records. <laughs> I sold a million records, so I... I was can, a Ghostbuster at one point. I could do right. whatever I, I want. Fuck, yeah, I was a fucking <laughs> Ghostbuster. I can get that, you know, disclosure? What do you want, by Wednesday? Buy my vodka bottle. I'll give you disclosure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... I, I'm kind of winding down on this. I just wanted to put it out there. I'm sure there's some other people. I don't know how they felt as well. I don't read the boards. I don't have time. I try to listen to as many shows as I can, but I do stay away from Coast. The reason is, for the most part, it's kind of like corporate ufology, right? 
or corporate paranormal. It's the most sort of sanitized, squelched, commercialized version of radio you're going to get. So, of course, I don't really want to listen to that. The other reason is because it's pukeville as far as 75% of the show is commercials. So, And in between are people trying to sell their wares by doing an interview. Hey, speaking so, of which, at the end of the hour here, we have a commercial ourselves. Who are we pushing? Hey, well, yeah, go ahead. Who are we pushing? Uh, well, let's see. Some of our good friends who uh, help us out, like TalkStream Live. Uh, actually, uh, a friend of mine who has a computer repair company hooks me up with free computer repair stuff, so I hook him up with a free ad. Uh, a couple different things, just but mostly personal stuff. Some other shows on the network, like the Mac Maloney show, we got a commercial for him. You know, stuff like that. You know, I listened, I tried Mac Maloney, and I have to say, he has such a soothing, calming voice, it almost put me to sleep. Mac Maloney's the man. Yeah, but, but you know what I'm saying? He has a very calming tone. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's very... Funny. He yeah. invited me to be a guest on his show a couple of years back, and um, I was excited about it because I really like his show. He has a really, really good show. And uh-huh. I, I was getting out, of, getting out of work, and I was rushing home to try to make, you know, make it home so I could be on the show. And it was a world of traffic, and it was like about maybe ten minutes before the show, and there's no way I was going to make it home. So I pulled into a, a parking lot of a bank, and I did the entire hour and a half of the interview on my cell phone on Skype on my phone, the entire thing, and it came off brilliant. Like you, you couldn't tell that I wasn't on the on a computer. Yeah, to the point where I and I told him on the uh, on the air that this is the first time I've ever done an interview on a cell phone at a bank, just sitting there, at, you know, in the middle of the night. And, I, and luckily for me, I didn't get mugged or killed. But he, <laughs> you know, I told I told him that on the air, and he said, he's like, "This is the first time that ever happens on my show." So we had a, we had a very first thing to you know happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the air, um, it was pretty what cool. What bank? What bank was it? Um, I think it was Bank of America's. Okay. Okay. It wasn't hey, even are, my bank. I did, it was just a random bank I pulled into. I was like, "All right, I'm gonna do it right here. Screw it." Yeah. One of those. I think. I think with uh, certain guests, I like. I don't remind. I don't mind promoting products that I actually use, and and I don't get paid. That's kind of neat in this day mm-hmm. and age in the, in my radio career. So, for instance, like, are you a Doritos guy or a Cheetos guy? Uh Cheetos. Okay, I'm a Doritos yeah. guy, and. So, for instance, the news tonight was brought to you by the terrific people of the Doritos. Oh, (laughs) no, Doritos. Doritos. (laughs) (laughs) What I'm I'm trying to say is, you know, I've been eating these things for years. They've obviously helped make me big and strong. And um, it's all like uh, the uh, I I still enjoy them. It's yeah, a lot of MSG in them. That's that's what's making you big and I, strong. <laughs> well, I do, I do like MSG. Do, do they? Uh, do, are they gluten free? Do you know? No, definitely not. No. Okay. Yeah. They're gluten heavy. Is what they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've become a big Yelper lately, Shakaru. Anyway, we're gonna wind down. We're gonna we're gonna we're not winding down. We're gonna end this segment of the news coming up here at the end of the hour, and then coming up, of course. Moon Hoax Part 2, which I'm excited to get into because there's plenty to talk about. I'm also teasing a very important announcement tonight. I'm just kidding. This is what I'm sick of, Angel. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, no, Another... seriously. I, I, I thought we had a Stan Romanek update, but we don't. Oh, Do well. 
Do we have a Stan Romanek update? Life is not perfect. No, we, we don't not, not right now. Not that no. <laughs> Maybe when Rich gets on a little bit, he'll have something to say. <laughs> you know, he always has something to say about Stan Romanek. You know, I just thought we had an update, but we don't. And right now, actually, it, it hasn't changed since uh, last week, apparently. So I will keep everybody posted on that. Yeah, last thing uh, I heard, he's still on house arrest and uh, still waiting for trial. I will, I will say this. Uh, uh, the Oscars last night, I had a oh very strange thing happen. Oh, good. Very, yeah, this is true. Going into the break, I go, before we, this is a two minute story. Um, go for it, go. <laughs> friend of mine, a friend of mine actually, uh, did very well in Hollywood since we were children. Uh, not since he was a child, but, um, we grew up together as children. He ended up becoming, uh, a, an agent in Hollywood and he's done really well. And we keep in touch. He's a very good friend still. And sure enough, this debacle last night, and I'm not going to tell the whole story because I don't know how much he wants me to divulge. It doesn't matter. I will say this. The debacle last night, if I don't usually watch the award shows, but there was a major problem last night if you didn't watch it. I still can't believe they screwed this up. What an embarrassment with all the, the funny money, the millions of dollars these, these disgustos in Hollywood get, and they couldn't get the right envelope with the most important award for the entire evening correct. They said the wrong movie for best picture. Not only did they say the wrong movie, but the entire mini staff of the movie that won, I mean that thought they won, which was La La Land, gets up on stage the producer starts doing his spiel, thank you this, and I can't believe it. And sure enough, I'm watching this only because I'm rooting on my friend who's uh, repping uh, folks associated with these these films. And so I was rooting for this film. Sure enough, I see somebody scurrying on stage, and I thought there was a security issue because it did not make sense. That there were like nine people holding these Oscars, you know, slapping each other on the back. The exuberance. I mean, you got to think this is a once in a lifetime thing. Usually, if that, you know, I mean, you don't win a lot of Oscars, so they did it, and it was a long shot and great for them and all this stuff. And here's this guy scurrying around, and I see something going on, and it wasn't. It was a. It was a. It was a fuck up. And I said to my wife, I said something's wrong. But what could be wrong? It's the end of the show. The people are up there getting their awards. I'm like, either this is a security problem. Something is wrong. Sure enough, they stop it. I thought it was a gag, a stupid gag, but they all of a sudden tell us, no, we didn't win. Look. And they turn over the card to show you it's the wrong movie. I mean, Angel, did you watch this? It was incredibly, incredibly retarded and, you know, I've you know I've been watching the Oscars for my whole life you know since I was a kid I've I've yet to see something like this happen with Best Picture and uh, look I understand that you know Steve Harvey had it happen with Miss Universe or whatever a year ago a couple years ago but this is the Oscars I mean they, they, aren't these supposed to be at a higher uh, level of you know preparedness when it comes to like award shows this is like the top award show in Hollywood right how does how the hell does this happen but I saw the thing I you know I, they explained the way the way it happened why the mistake happened it still makes absolutely no sense and uh, for two veteran actors to be up there like Warren Beatty. And, uh, what was the uh, lady, um, was it Annette Bedding? Or, I can't remember her name. Well, you know, these are veterans. Oh, it was Faye Dunaway. 
Was it Faith Dunaway? I can't remember her name. But anyway, yeah. Warren Beatty is a legendary actor, iconic actor. For him to stand there and read the name of an actress when he's supposed to be reading the name of a movie, that should be a dead giveaway that you have the wrong envelope to begin with. But then to give it to the other person and have them read it, like he passed the mistake over to the left-hand side and, and let her have, have at it. And then she says the wrong movie name. Uh, I mean, that, that blew my mind that actually it went down like that. Uh, it, the whole thing, it, it, the way it transpired is kind of funny. I love the way Jimmy Kimmel handled the situation. I think he was very hey, professional Angel? and very nice about you know the way he smoothed everything out. Angel, I don't want to cut you off because I'm enjoying this conversation. I do have a couple more points on it as well. But we apparently we're having a technical issue. Oh, Why don't we take the commercial and try to work on our tech issue, and we'll uh, come back from the commercial with more news. And, of course, Moon Hoax Part 2 here on Euphonaut Radio, Monday night, February 27th, 2017. Don't go anywhere. Supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. Supermanhomepage.com. Have you heard Mac Maloney lately? In your military career, did you ever see anything that came close to an unusual UFO sighting or? No. Holy s***. <laughs> that was the yeah. Yeah. 10 seconds of uh, no. What are you that was so convincing. Yeah. What are you trying to say there? Well, UFO is an innocuous term. That's the worst fucking denial I've ever heard. And I don't flying Mac Maloney's Military X-Files, Friday nights at 11 p.m. Eastern on the public streaming radio network. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Here's a riddle for you. What do the California gold rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A.A. A. Delshaw all have in common? 
The Secrets of Del Shaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with Key Information Solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let Key Information Solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954 That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Radio Monday night, where would you want to be except in the bunker here, Pacific Northwest, Portland, Oregon. Jesse Randolph at the helm in the hot seat. We also have Rich G joining us from Arizona. Rich, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. <laughs> Hi, Richard. <laughs> welcome. I, I uh, think um, we, thank, I mean, we, thank you. I love we have Rich and John Selman. I don't know. One of them. We've got him. It's Rich. I'm here, baby. Let's talk about the moon. Yeah, moon hoax, too. Electric boogaloo. That's right. <laughs> now, first of all, uh, apparently we had an audio problem and you missed my Oscar story. Don't worry. You can catch it on the replay. And no, I did not win an Oscar. That's the only teaser for that one. Shakaroo. Anywho. A lot of people don't even think this is a fortified bunker down here, but it is. It no, is. No, no. First thing uh, I want to... By the way, hopefully we, we're coming loud and clear. If anybody in the chat room uh, lost signal or can't hear us right now, please let us know. And, yes. Give um, you know, us the feedback, uh, but we should be loud and clear, so just uh, let us know. Yeah, does that, you know, uh, Lou, Lou is uh, joining us tonight in the chat room. He's, uh, he's uh, one of my favorite listeners, and he yes. was asking... Well, he wasn't asking. Well, yeah, he is. Is Bill off doing another season of uh, UFO Hunters? I can neither confirm or deny such rumors. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We'll leave it at that. Okay. Now, listen. If you listened to last Monday's program, Moon Hoax Part 1, the reason we didn't get too far into it is because it's just so much information. But we had Rich G with us, and Rich G was pretty adamant that he thought we went to the moon. He was, you know, he's an open-minded guy, but 
he was pretty adamant that, yes, I believe we went to the moon. And if I can be swayed, that's great, but I don't think I can. And then I hit him with a couple of things to think about. And I also kind of tried to steer folks who were listening towards people that really knew what they were talking about in the hoax uh, genre as far as moon hoax. Uh, and the top, the creme de la creme folks, the researchers, even if they're weird, even if they might be a little kooky on the side, as most of us are. They did top-notch work on this. And then I caught most of Rich's show last night, and I'm going to ask him you know, directly now, but it seems as though Rich is starting to be swayed a little bit. Correct me if I'm wrong, Rich. Rich Giordano right here. Yes, I have been swayed. Not, not only was I swayed, I was on the fence anyway, but when you provided all those links you know, on YouTube for videos and documentaries – and I have spent probably about four hours watching stuff, which was a lot considering I've already, considering I spent a good ten hours, you know, during the past year watching all this stuff. I really now believe either we went, we didn't go to the moon, or you know, and we kept our Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and the other guy. Nobody, it's like the three tenors. Nobody knows the third guy, um, for or forget. But I don't think we can get past the Van Allen belt. Which is why the Russians haven't sent a man to the moon, and they were way ahead of us in the space race, way ahead. First man, first dog, first uh, satellite, first women. Yeah. Uh, they yeah. did everything first, and they did it not one, two, three, but four or five years ahead of us. So I don't think we can get past that Van Allen belt. So no, I don't think we went to the moon. And then Angel said, and I know you're going to talk to him about this, he thinks that there might be the advanced technology. We could be 50 or 100 years advanced in a technology we don't know about, that the secret space program may have sent people to the moon. And maybe Buzz Aldrin and those guys did go to the moon. And when they said they're on the, you know, we see them, they're on the crater watching us. Maybe he was talking about the other secret space program guys. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But it's a very ding, interesting ding, way of thinking. Ding, 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 ding. Well, exactly first of all, I, I did hear that, and mm -hmm. I remember commenting on that. Oh, yeah, right. You did. I remember calling that absolutely baseless because that's what it is. And what I wanted to well, do tonight – Well, hold on a second. Let, <laughs> let, well, it is. The whole point of the moon hoax is that if there isn't enough evidence to support that we didn't go, then that stuff is absolute rubbish. It's a malarkey. It's not worth – I mean, look, it sounds ridiculous. Can we all agree that the fact that we didn't go to the moon on paper sounds like a uh, a verifiable psycho thing to say in a normal setting of people? You're going to be usually the only one there that might actually think we didn't go. Am I correct? Uh, right, but if you look at the pictures, okay, if you look at the landing, the lander, there was no moon dust on the lander at all. I suggest you guys watch some videos on the debunking of the debunking of the hoaxing of the debunking of the debunking of the hoaxing of the debunking hoaxing of the moon. I've watched them. There's some videos out there that are completely debunked the debunking of the debunking. Listen. Hey, first of all, we have to give a credit to Lou Sheenan listening in – no, you're not supposed to say his last name. Lou listening in the chat room who got Michael Collins as the forgotten Apollo 11 astronaut. Thank you for that. 
and we'll get that oven mitt uh, right out to you, sir. So congratulations. Um, getting back to this, what we're going to do is we've got to break this down. Got to break this down a little bit. I, I am in, impressed that you took the time in your busy schedule, Rich, to watch some of these films, I suppose, mm-hmm. and some of these researchers that I suggested, or you fell into some guys that obviously made some sense to you. And, again, we have to try to wipe away any stigmas attached to what this might seem like. And, sure, if you go to your grandpa or you go to your your buddy who is really into fantasy football and doesn't know what ufology is or anything like that, mm-hmm. uh, and you say to him, hey, you know, I don't think we went to the moon. Sure, the initial reaction is going to be the same as uf- uh, ufology folks that they get about aliens, extraterrestrials, etc., presence, you name it. Uh, it's a smirk. It's a joke. It's a snicker. It's, are you, get out of here. That's what my dad gets. Get out of here, right? Um, I think yeah. Rich's dad. Uh, yeah. My dad goes, oh, Richard, are you ridiculous? Of course we went to the moon. Yeah, get, 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 get that stupid. <laughs> and then, right. and then the, that comes from my dad, who's really smart, but didn't watch the same videos or even research it. He doesn't care to. It, that, well, that's what, that's what they're counting on, right? So, and we always and knew just, that. Yeah. Right. If UFOs didn't come down, land on your dad's porch, and steal his pension check, uh, he wouldn't believe in them. And I get that. You know, if this shit doesn't usually affect your wallet, you don't care, right? right. The cable, the gas bill, thirty dollars extra this month, and everybody's interested in finding out what the hell's going on. Is it this blender? It's this blender. I told you, Lois, don't buy that blender. You know that kind of thing. And you're looking at graphs for the next two weeks about. You know, how to get your uh, electricity back to uh, $33. The point being is that this is a tough subject, and it takes a lot of courage to look into it. And as Joe Rogan, who we all agree used to be a guy waving the flag in the mainstream, saying, hey, I'm not buying it, man, until you guys are able to answer some pretty easy questions. I'm not buying it. In fact, I'm going to go get a lot of really smart people on. Because I have street cred now, and I'm on TV, and I'm a big shot, and I'm a star, and i am got that Tom DeLonge thing going on, right? Where it's, hey, look, if there's something to this, I'll, I'll find it, okay? I'm fucking blah, 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 right? And sure as shit, he couldn't get anybody on that really answered his questions, but all of a sudden, he's doing a 180. None of this stuff's legitimate anymore. So weird. So strange, and we don't know why, and uh, we have to wonder. We have to think about it and say, mm, well, well, that's a bummer. We had a guy who was somewhat of a spokesman for guys like me, at least, where he was a regular kind of seemingly regular guy. He spoke very simply. He was speaking big words like uh, Dr. Stephen Greer, where he's always coming up with some ridiculous SAT word that he throws out, or exponentially, blah, 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 blah. blah. Yeah, no, we don't need that. We had Joe, and I thought that Joe was doing a commendable job. In fact, I urge anyone to go back and listen to Joe talk about the moon hoax because his summaries are fantastic about why he questions it. And one of the major reasons was uh, some of the uh, issues that uh, Rich started to hint at. So what I wanted to do tonight was uh, introduce something real quick and then go right into the uh, top 10 reasons 
that the moon landing might be a hoax. And then I, I thought we could either um, stop on one if we wanted to and discuss it, or we can pass on some of them, because some of them aren't as important to me, i.e. the flag waving. So that's what I got in store for us. Does that sound okay to everybody? Yes, the flag. Now let's talk about that. No, okay, go ahead. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hold on. Goddamn flags. Got to do this and got to let people, people have to be able to digest this stuff. So what we're trying to do is break down your initial feelings, whether you're angry because you think this is anti-American to say or you think that we're just crackpots that we have no evidence. Well, guess what? We we really have some good stuff coming up. So just try to clear your mind. Go get your grandpa or go get your friend. Tell them to sit down and just listen for the next 30 minutes. There's no commercials. Just open your mind to the fact that, you know, sometimes when you go outside, the things that you see are not actually what you see. So what I'd like to first bring up is something that I'm sure most of the people listening tonight aren't even aware of, which is that the Chinese have gone back to the moon. Okay. Now, granted, the Chinese have never put a man on the moon, but they have put some rovers recently. And they're interested in going back to the moon or trying to go to the moon. Okay. So a lot of people thought that nothing else is really going on on the moon since uh, the Apollo missions. And what has gone on for the most part, and this is, you know, stuff that we're allowed to know about. I can't go into crazy town. I can't go there because I, if you, if you say secret space program, I'm going to flip out. So uh, that is becoming a mainstream acceptable term. For like a group of uh, organizations that actually exist, but they don't exist. So this is a little insane. How do you know they don't exist? Because there is absolutely no data to support it except about 12 crazy people that I've listened to for the past six months. Show after show after show. And it's always the same cast of characters and then you'll throw in someone like a Laura Eisenhower or you'll throw in someone like a Corey Good or you're showing like a Mark Richards Bisaggio. or Bassajo or, or uh, Bill Tompkins I can keep going but it's the well, same well, well, Sheldon Idol. Sheldon Idol. what about Captain Randy Kramer you did five oh, years oh, yeah. on Mars yeah no. and, fi- and Philip Corso is credible give me a friggin break this guy's oh, the biggest man. compulsive liar on the planet Okay, Dead. well, maybe so, but the point is no, that mm. there is nothing for the secret space program in the, the terms that these people are describing it. It's, it, it is, there is nothing. Zero. Is there a secret, is there a secret government? Do you believe in a secret government? Yeah, I think it's an ambiguous, uh, answer, uh, a question as far as what does a secret government represent really? It you represents know, is, the entire world. Do I believe there's a cabal controlling uh, the entire planet? No, absolutely not. Hmm. No, no, I don't. I don't think there's any. Hmm. I don't believe David Icke is correct in that assumption. I think it's uh, easy to digest where it makes a lot of sense to a lot of people. But to me, I have yet to in 10 years plus have a guest on that's been able to sway me. That is that that is correct. And the main reason to be anti that viewpoint is because I think our current government that I've been a part of for the past 40 some odd years 
are so they're so dysfunctional if, with every single component that I've worked with with government within government, whether it's the DMV. You know, I'm a low level guy, but anything you deal with with government, it's usually fucked up. Usually, but, it doesn't work very. Well. So I don't believe for a second that these nimmies could make an entire cabal of a secret government work in coordination and keep it secret. And people say, well, it's not secret. But it's not secret. Well, how about getting me somebody from the secret government or getting a piece of paper or a document? I mean, look, at least we had the MJ-12 papers at some point where we got this document. Of course, it came to some... It came to somebody in a mailbox in some Looney Tune fashion that doesn't even exist in the field anymore, and he wasn't a major player, so it didn't make sense anyway. But here it is, and it kind of gives you everything about ufology, crash retrieval, uh, policies, etc. If you are an alien fan, UFO fan, the MJ-12 papers is everything neatly wrapped in a box and it is the coolest thing ever. Have you, I mean, you guys have read it. It's it's uh, it's a drooling banjo of information. So Jesse, yeah, you just said don't believe. You look out your window and you see everything is what it is. So if it isn't what it is, then people are lying, even from our own government. Why can't there be? What are, so you're telling me the Illuminati or the the Templars never existed? Of course they existed, and they were like the yeah. secret government. No, see, I think factions of societies, of secret elitists that were in clans. I don't see uh, in my experience that there was one group that controlled the planet. What about the... There might have been a certain certain point, but remember, over the generations, these groups morph and change, and different groups rise up with power and money, and, you know, it it morphs and and it changes over hundreds of years, so it's not just one group. It it may have started with one major power group, but then it spread out to two, three, now we have, what, like 13... It doesn't really matter, because the the idea that the, the secret government, to me, is not so secret. It's called corporatocracy they control the world the corporations too, yeah. control i don't well, believe especially that especially people. in this country because this country is a big giant corporation to begin with i mean that's what the us is correct every country is that's that's all they they, they work for is is to to create um, income and and we are the expendable bugs and people don't like that and i get that but um, i i've talked about this at length rich you know which is that I think the secret space program is an offshoot of people's frustrations with being a bug. You know, when you first get involved in ufology and people enlighten you to Area 51 or um, what's going on in uh, the California desert, you get so mad and you're like, wow, this is crazy. We have to do something. This is like probably what happened to Tom DeLonge. Or it's like, oh, my God. Have you heard about this? Yeah, no, it, it's true. Probably a lot of what you want to know about a lot of things in ufology, uh, extraterrestrial sciences, and alike, uh, might be happening 50 miles down the road. You're not allowed to know. You're not allowed to know. You're a bug. You're not important. I, I call myself an unremarkable person sometimes. I'm proud of that. I don't mind. That's just who I am. If we accept that, sometimes it's okay. You know, you don't have to change the world all the time. Uh, John Lear points it out in a lot of his lectures. Live your life. Enjoy it. But to create these myths 
that get people worked up. It's yelling fire in the theater. And I think the secret space program is the perfect example of we're not able to move the needle. It's been too long, right? Well, it hasn't been that long if you look at the timeline of existence. But it's been too long. We have to get answers. Therefore, here comes Wilcock and the gang with the secret space program. And everything's uh, different now. Now we have a whole new narrative we can discuss, new guests, new things to believe, new things to work out, new languages. It's basically Star Trek. They just decided to, you know, you have, you have guys like Wilcock going, Star Trek is all real. Star Wars is all real. All of that exists. We have Death Stars in our own galaxy. I mean, just crazy stuff. You're like, okay, I can just take one line of of three hours of what you just talked about and just be like blown away with how ridiculous that was to say. There were no deaths. I want a lightsaber. I want a lightsaber. Damn it! I mean, this is just irresponsible journalism, or it's just science fiction. You pick it. Anyway, I don't want to take too far away from that. I want to jump into these uh, reasons for why people think we might not have gone to the moon, and I think a lot of them are important to explain to people. Because at the end of this program, hopefully you're going to do your own research and go, holy cow, maybe I don't want to tell people that I believe this or that I question it, but it's good. It's good knowledge, and I want to explore it because I want to know for me. And that's about where I sit with it. I want my listeners to know, and I'd like some answers, but... Being a bug is difficult, and we have to deal with that every day, but I'm not going to create a new narrative based on it. Anyways, the Chinese Lunar Exploration Program, if you haven't heard about it, which you probably haven't because there hasn't been anything on U.S. news about it. It's called CLEP. Sounds like something you get from a hooker. Um, this is a uh, mission that they are saying that... Uh, oh, wait a second. Paving... I have a sound effect for that. Sorry? What? No, I had, you got I had a sound, sound effect for what? For the hooker. Clap? Yeah, for that too. Oh. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Didn't get any... Didn't even get a laugh in that joke, so it doesn't... It's not yeah. that important. <laughs> anyway, the objective of the program is to pave a way for a manned mission to the moon. Such a mission may occur... In 2025, Rich, to 2030. This is when the Chinese, you think they're putting enough buffer there to try to figure out how the hell to get there? 2025? They, they, they don't even want to think about doing a man mission. This is one of the richest countries on the planet, if not the richest. They've got plenty of money to make this happen. What they don't have is the technology, I think. Okay, that's something to keep in the back of your head. And the reason I bring it up is because people are saying, hey, we've done nothing in the moon since Apollo. Well, guess what? We have done some things. We as humans, not the countries, we as humans, as humanists, moving towards a modern world where we can share our technologies, of course. Um, so the Chinese are planning to go back to the moon in 2025. That's terrific to keep in mind. The last time we were doing things on the moon that a lot of people point to was uh, the Clementine mission. A lot of people uh, heard about this, why this was an NSA uh, um, project instead of a NASA project. I don't particularly know right now. It was a mapping satellite of the, uh, of the, the moon. Why we went back to map the moon, not sure. Okay, people speculate. 
But supposedly, we have pristine photos of the entire surface, which, of course, would be good to have because then we could see some of the photos that I requested last week of the stuff that we left on the moon. And sure enough, I spoke to somebody at a store who brought this up and said, I heard your show, and I found the pictures. And I said, yeah, please show them to me. And they were able to show me a muddy, crummy photo probably from Clementine, and it was not even closely related to anything that you could make out. If you had told me that it was a sandcastle that you made and took a picture of from orbit, I would have believed you. There was nothing that you could make out from these pictures, and they were pathetic and embarrassing. And when I brought them to his attention, he agreed and said, well, I guess you're right. In 2017, if that's all you can come up with, we're in trouble. Okay. Now, uh, Lou brought up an interesting point in the chat room. He said he always understood the secret space program to refer to military payloads. Okay. Well, that's a cool way of, I, I think that's a lot more down to earth way of I wonder what our guests would think about that, Rich. I think Star Wars would be no. like a secret space program initiative. Not a know? word. Did we lose Rich? No, no I'm no, trying no. to get him involved in the conversation. It's been like 30 minutes. Well, I haven't I'm, heard from him. Are you alive? No, no, no. Again, again. I'm right here. I, I'm, there's no place I couldn't jump in. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, alone, man. But you really got to like, Jesse, you got to like start checking the uh, the uh, chat. I've been messaging you for like the last 30 minutes. Who, me? No, no, Jesse. Oh, oh, okay. Well, I'm trying to, yeah, I'm kind of doing a bunch. I'm kind of busy right now, but I hear you. Yeah, yeah he's doing he, a like, show. Yeah, but he's walking around, I'm Very sure. Shit. Walking around. Walking in the room somewhere, like just walking around. The, the precious we left on the moon. Is this what you're giving me? It's, it's yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is the same pathetic fucking picture that everybody brings up. Is this convincing? This yes. is horrible. This convinced you? I'm t- I'm <laughs> totally sold. This is so embarrassing. You should post that in the chat room. This is the same. I did? This is the, the same fucking picture everybody toots to. I mean, come on, guys. This is I'm 100% sold. Rich, what do you think? Let's get him involved. Come on. Yeah, oh, hold this. on. Let me, let me pull it up. I, I had my dog sprawled out on me. Hold on. Yep. Take <laughs> off all the text, and it shows you nothing. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it, shows, uh, it shows. Actually, no, it, it really it does uh, have a lot of information in there if you really take a look at it. First of all, you see the tracks of the uh, rover everywhere it went. Back and forth. Does there's, there's, there's have to be manned? That yeah, Jesse, no I was gonna, be. I was gonna send you this, Jesse. This is what yeah, I had. I never... Yeah. So the yeah. LRV. Okay. So here you go, guys. Let's break this down. The LRV, which I believe is the uh, this the, the little jeep-like contraption they rode around Luna, on. Luna right? yeah, that's a great shot. Of... Yeah, that looks just like it, doesn't it? The LRV. Yeah. Doesn't it look like it? Yeah. Looks from, just like from that it. far away. Yeah. Yeah, I would know that, right? If I took away LRV, you just say, oh, yeah, there there it is, right? Uh, the Challenger Descent Stage, well, yep. that, that looks just like what it should be, right? Right, um, right. The, yeah. crater, place. Yep. the crater, yeah. what does that represent? Nothing. doesn't tell you anything. What about this genome rock and the LSAP? All right, so this is supposed to tell us this is the remains of the Apollo 17 site. Hey, look, if you guys are convinced from this photo, kick ass. You know, to me, 
Yeah, yeah. You put it away. Put it, put it in the garbage. Let's move Soul, on. baby. Okay, We're getting into these. So, uh, so keep it down over there in the peanut gallery. Uh, number ten, the waving flag, which I'm not that interested in discussing tonight. Why? Uh, well, because uh, let's put it this way: I don't have enough knowledge, but I will say I'm trying to bring up points where you can't get an answer. Okay, so well, for instance. If if you go, well, uh, I can go give ahead. you an answer. The, the, the flag official no, is never I was, waving. I, I, listen, peanut gallery, you wait. I want to listen to Rich for a second, and then we're going to get back into it. And then I'll get your peanut opinion. gallery. Go ahead, Rich. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'll I'm just calling you peanuts. peanuts. <laughs> well, you're the other opinion. Plus, we just convinced you with this dumb picture that looks like nothing, so you can put it away, right? <laughs> Come on, go ahead, Rich. I was going to say, you know, I watched the videos that you told me to, and everybody else. And in the video, that flag is moving, man. I mean, it's not because the the bar is bending. It's not because of anything else other than it looks like a staged place where they the, those spacesuits they were in were so hot that they had fans blowing, and it blew the flag. So I don't understand why you wouldn't want to talk about that. That flag in that friggin' video is blowing. It's not just because the guy shook the rod. It ain't because of that. That's no, no, exactly me, what it is. He is he's please, pushing the rod into the ground. It's wait, wait, wait. I, I didn't hear anybody. What? Angel, uh, go ahead, please. Go ahead, Angel. Uh, if you look at it, it's completely why it's moving, because he's trying to stick the uh, the rod into the ground. I mean, that's the only reason why it's even making any movement whatsoever. Dude, I'm, the the flag blew towards him. It blew up in the air. It. I can, I've seen other videos where they move the bar a little bit. Don't pull Neil deGrasse Tyson on me and say, have you ever been in one-sixth gravity? No, neither have I. No, you can't say that because that's wind blowing on the friggin' flag. I don't know. I didn't see the wind. I, I saw it regular movement because he was trying to stick the bar in there. And you're not so watching was, the same you know? video. This guy was twisting the flag. It was already in the ground, and when he moved it and twisted it for the picture, it blew up. It was blowing like a flag at 30-mile-an-hour wind at, at Wrigley Field, dude. I don't know about that. Okay, I can well, actually can... read you the NASA explanation if you want, which makes oh. no sense to me. <laughs> but this is the the waving of the flag. If you haven't seen this, folks, when you see it, it seems pretty obvious that there's some sort of wind, which obviously is impossible in a vacuum environment with no uh, with no atmosphere. So you wouldn't have any air on the moon, thus you wouldn't have wind. Um, and again, I'm not a science expert, but when you watch the footage, uh, it's definitely one of the first things you're going to notice and, and that people have talked about uh, for years. So here's the NASA explanation to me, which has never been sufficient. Uh, NASA claims that the flag was stored in a thin tube and the rippled effect was caused, meaning the flag moving, by it being unfurled before before being planted. Other explanations involve the ripples caused by the reaction force of the astronauts touching the aluminum pole, which is shown to shake in the video footage. Uh, you know, what can you say about that, Rich? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, sure. it, it was, it was already, it was, first of all, it was already unfurled. And when the guy moved it, it blew up. It, and, it, and it wavered. It didn't just blow up. It was like somebody put a freaking blow dryer in his face. Yeah, and a lot of folks think if this was done, whether it was done in Arizona, 
uh, filmed or uh, out in uh, Nevada desert that uh, they needed fans because it was so damn hot, especially with these suits on. Right. Uh, let's keep going. Number nine. I want to roll through these because we have a lot to go and we're running out of time and I want to get to them. Lack of an impact crater. Let's uh, set the stage real quick. The LEM, right, is coming down to lunar surface. It's got to hit it with a ton of thrust to slow down for it to eventually land on the moon, right? That's about the Joe Rogan version of the science there, okay? A lot of thrust to slow this sucker down. Um, there's no impact crater, and a lot of people uh, not only point out that there's no impact crater, but that the surface of the moon is covered in a fine lunar dust, and that doesn't even to be uh, – it doesn't seem like it's displaced at all. In fact, the legs of the LEM, uh, the module uh, legs, don't have any dust on them, and they should be pretty much – this thing should have been, made a big mess is what I'm trying to get at. So that, to a lot of folks, is definitely on the list at number nine for uh, making no sense. As far as the NASA – Theory on why uh, there is no impact crater. Let's see here. NASA maintains that the module required significantly less thrust in the low gravity conditions than it would have done on Earth. The surface of the moon itself is solid rock, so a blast crater probably wouldn't be feasible anyway. Okay, again, I am not a scientist, and I have to leave that up in the air. Is That sounds strange to me. Well, well, Number eight. Go ahead. When, yeah, go ahead. Chime in. When these guys fell, uh, by the way, Angel posted a video about the flag. That's not the video I'm talking about, brother. That right okay. there is that right there isn't the video. You have to watch the documentaries that were given to us last week. So listen okay. to our last week's show. That's not the one. There's another okay. one. Um, right. Also, um, I'll check it out. Yeah, no, no, it's awesome. Um, but I see this one here. That even looks like a doctored flag. That doesn't even look real to me. Um, um, these guys were falling down sometimes and the dirt stuck to their suits. So why wouldn't it stick to the lander? It doesn't, and why wouldn't it get thrown up in the air? We do that in here with a lot of gravity and you get dust that doesn't settle for hours. So if you're on the moon with no yeah. gravity, this should have been all over the place for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sure as hell, uh, even the, um, Trash that we left on the moon photo that you guys have brought up. Uh, again, there should be more disruption in their uh, supposed photo. There is more disruption from just tracks. And if the moon was solid rock, then how did the uh, LRV make tracks? And how come there are no tracks to where the LRV is sitting? Interesting. Okay, let's keep going here. Number eight. Multiple light sources. Now, this is a more of a photography expert question, and I will point you to um, Marcus Allen, uh, who's very, very good. Google him. Um, uh, there are a bunch of folks. If you want to hear about the lighting issues associated with the filming of the supposed filming of the moon, much of the shadows don't make sense. Again, I'm not an expert on shadows, but when you sit down and watch what these people are saying, the conspiracy folks suggest that this must mean that there's multiple light sources present, like on a production set, which I have been on plenty of. 
again, not a lighting expert, but it's suggesting that photos were taken on a film set. And what you mm-hmm. see when you start breaking down some of these amazing photos that were taken in pristine quality, and you see what the astronauts actually had, there's multiple problems. Not only with shadows, but there's problems with things like, for instance, the famous picture with Buzz that you see that was supposedly taken full on uh, by Neil Armstrong with him standing there, and there's the flag, and then there's the lander. It's obviously a setup shot. Not only is it obviously a setup shot that's lit beautifully, according to multiple photography experts, but even the guys at Hasselblad that they've interviewed. These were the guys who NASA went to to build the cameras, supposedly the best cameras in the world to this day, Hasselblad. These things were attached to their chests, okay, on their suits because they – they weren't able to move very well in this environment at all. In fact, their gloves were pressurized, so they really couldn't move their hands at all. So when you see them sort of bopping around, having a great time, a lot of that stuff, according to a lot of experts, is absolutely impossible. But getting back to the camera, they didn't have any sort of control. They couldn't sit there and play with the viewfinder. They couldn't do photography like you and I uh, buzz around with, with the iPhones and such and play with it. So it's obvious that many of these shots must have been faked because they're perfect and they're lit incredibly well, which does not make sense, especially from the shadows on many of the photos because the shadows don't make sense, especially if the only light source is the sun. If we're getting multiple directions of lights and such, multiple light sources, that tells you possibly a production set, possibly a hoax. I Numbers, think, yeah, yeah, I mean I, it's pretty obvious when you look at it, Rich. Well, you know, I did, I posted a couple of pictures on Facebook about how um, shadows from static objects can go in two different directions, mm-hmm. and right. I proved it that the moon could be the same thing. Uh, I think there was just one light source on the, well, on the stage or whatever. And I think it was in, in a place where some place, some, you know, the light can only go so far before it gets distorted and doesn't lighten up certain areas. So maybe the reflection off the surface of the set, whatever, did lighten up certain areas than others that were further away. Because if there was more than one light source, we would see multiple shadows of the astronauts, and we don't. We see darker shadows than others, but we don't see multiple. Because, you know, if you ever go on a baseball field or, or, you know, something where there's a lot of lights, you see three or four of you in a shadow. But here you only see one. So I think it was one major light source, but the further away they got, Uh the less light reflected. But... You know, it's hard to say, you know, since we're not there. Well, anyway, for me, more, more more impressive was the lack of control over these cameras. And uh, to me, what's more impressive is the fact that when you hear the Hasselblad folks speaking on camera saying, uh, I believe Apollo 11 didn't even have any sort of radiation. NASA claimed it was a special film that was created just for the missions. Hasselblad says no, it was actually Kodak film. Yeah, right. And uh, so there's a there's a big discrepancy right there. And I'm telling you that the shot that I'm speaking about 
it's not my opinion because I'm not a shadow expert. I got to trust mm-hmm. the quality of the messenger. The guy from Hasselblad's saying, I don't know how they lit that. Right. It looks yeah. like multiple light sources. So that's something to be said for sure. To know that uh, our next number seven, which we're going to talk about, which is the Van Allen radiation belt. Um, not only is the Van Allen radiation belt going to be dangerous for the astronauts, of course, but the film. All this film should have came back, Rich Angel, with some sort of uh, issues, whether it be right. burns on the side or spots, etc. Not pristine shots. <laughs> not every all. I mean, a lot of them. Uh, I have yet to see a uh, radiation affected shot. I would love to see if someone can point that out to me. That would be fantastic. Number seven. Oh, the Van Allen radiation seen- belt. Go ahead, Rich. Well, if you've never there, – there is not of the moon, but th- when you have film with radiation going through it, there's streaks in it. Um, that's what would should have shown up is some streaks of light. You know, well, there like, you go. Not, not light, but it's yeah. streaks of some sort, and then we don't see that with the moon. And, and, and keep in mind that we're talking about certain Apollo missions where solar activity, when they went back and looked at it, and the almanacs – of solar flare activity was quite high during some of these uh, landings. Uh, NASA, uh, NASA's explanation is that it was very dangerous, and they tried to just plan ahead as much as possible and then kind of cross their fingers that <laughs> solar flare activity would not be that bad. That in itself sounds absolutely ludicrous. Um, let's talk about the Van Allen radiation belt. But it sounds like the American way, though. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go yeah. for it if we screw it up. Well, we screwed up, but hey, the words are words. Let's, you know, that's a really good point, Angel, but think about it this way. There's no way I buy the fact that Richard Nixon and his uh, chief of staff and the folks over there, his advisor said, yeah, let the entire, uh, how many billions of people are on the planet, watch us go to the moon and possibly everyone die immediately. Mm-hmm. We're, do that we have to have another option it makes perfect sense it makes perfect sense for these other options folks so give it a listen um van allen radiation belt if you don't know anything about it this is one that rich really got uh, uh I, I guess this is one of the points number seven here that really took you aback huh yeah if there's anything that told me we we didn't go to the moon was this and that's why the Russians never went. Don't you think the Russians, as advanced as they were in the space race, would have gone to the moon if they could have survived it? Of course. It's possible. Yeah, I know. You know, I think they sent chimps up there, you know, and animals, and they came back and they were dead. I don't think they could have done it. I don't think it. Yeah, how well, long not it- only do I agree with you, I think a better question, Rich, is saying um, – it's pretty obvious the Russians were ahead of us, and they still haven't gone to the moon in 2017. Uh, to me, it suggests, if anything, how far in cahoots were we with the Russians with space activity? Because obviously there must have been a conversation and a deal put forth for the Russians to back off and let us claim this victory. That in yeah. itself sounds like something the Russians would never do. Did, so what is that? Just look at you know simple science here, simple history of Russian people, the proud, and they're very forceful. And th- there's no way they were winning the space race, and they were going to just back off. But 
they really didn't speak about it. To this day, you don't find the Russian government trying to tell you that we didn't go to the moon. So that suggests something else, doesn't it, guys? It does to me because I never heard in any of those videos where they said the Russians the next day and next week said that it was impossible. Nobody ever said that. The Russians never said we – well, not until years later though, right? You guys gotta remember well, also. Though, you gotta remember also. You guys gotta remember one thing also. The Russians don't have the economy, in, you know, to withstand maybe going to the moon on a manned mission. Uh, maybe they didn't have it in the seventies, eighties, nineties. Maybe now is when they're going to start having some sort of. But remember, when the eighties happened, the Russians, you know, they were going through a major transition politically. The USSR was being, you know, deformed, and uh, they had all kinds of changes were happening. They had the technology approaching their. Uh, maybe, the maybe not. The that, maybe not as advanced as uh, we had it. You know, Jesse, you don't you don't know exactly what kind of technology the Russians have. We just don't know. Yeah, I do. From his things are different. It's not. This isn't conjecture. This is fucking fact. The Russians well, were kicking our ass in the space race. Fact. The Russians to this day is the only way to get back into space. Fact. Guess what? You still got to go on their old technology from their sixties. They're using the same kind of fucking rockets. And guess who has to hitch a ride if they want to get to the ISS? We do. We have to go ask them. <laughs> yeah, but hey, who's fault is that? Obama. Uber Russia. Go ahead. That's Obama's fault. Well, yeah, I don't care. You blame it on the point <laughs> being is that the Russians had plenty of dough to make this happen. They were well on their way. The, pos- the, the most probable reason they didn't make it to the moon is because you can't go because of what Rich just talked about, which is this Van Allen belt problem. If you guys are not understanding what the Van Allen belt is, please go check it out because to this day – whether you're in the International Space Station or any and all of the shuttle missions have never approached the Van Allen radiation belt. That means, everyone listening, kids, that no one, no one since the Apollo missions has gone through the Van Allen belt. What does that tell us, friends? That tells us that, that Lou is on the line. Lou, what's up, buddy? Welcome to you on our radio. Uh, the Soviets had a huge rocket under construction while we were sending men or, uh, in my opinion, sending men to the moon, or as you would say, we were, whatever you want to say, faking the videos. They had a huge rocket under construction even at that time. I'm going to look it up for you online, but I'm aware of it. Even oh, yeah. Of it. Yeah, that thing was supposed so, to be huge, right? That's right. Were the Russians? And so I don't yeah, know, they, you know yeah. how that fits in your conversation, but mm. um, I don't think they gave up. I think we just beat them. I think we just yeah. I think that's, I think that's um, exactly what happened. I mean, what, what's your take on this uh, whole debate that we've been having tonight? Uh, you don't want to hear it because you're not going to like the answer. But I think we went to the moon. I, that's, um, I like that answer. Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, why do you think we're not going to well, like it? I mean, if you can, if you can well, answer I, some I of these we questions, the lose the awesome. line. Oh, the line. You just balance the force. I, <laughs> I just don't think it's even technically that difficult anymore. I wouldn't be surprised if in, if I can just make up my number, 30 years we're going to have college students or even high school students uh, launching uh, things to the moon. I really uh, don't. Sci-fi. I don't think it's sci-fi. Uh, Lou, Lou, you know I love you. But the thing is, is that we got to look at facts. And and if there's anybody who kind of just says, but hey, the, look, Rich, I believe in my heart. Uh, mute yourself, to... Rich. You're making a whole yeah, lot of noise over there. Sorry. Oh, okay, sorry. Can anybody uh, hear what you're I saying? I guess my... Okay, are we done with that? Yeah, yeah, we're good. Okay. 
Okay, thanks. Um, if you believe that we didn't go to the moon, uh, fine. If you believe that we went to the moon because in your heart you just believe it and you don't want to believe this is uh, something that may have occurred because it's too difficult or I'm too hard to comprehend, okay. I, I totally right. get that. Hear me, hear me out. Um, I totally understand it. It makes perfect sense. We're talking about something that would create more embarrassment than just about anything you can imagine for the United States. Really bad. Really bad if this came out somehow that this was a hoax. Now, granted, the public at this point kind of believes that it's a hoax. A lot of people. So it probably wouldn't be that much of a big deal. And 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 the flip it society that we live in these days probably wouldn't even care for all that long, to be honest with you. But to tell me that the Russians just gave up? Come on, Lou. You think they the Russians? They, no, they did. Not, no, they had to they were building something. It was, it was larger than well, the I'll look it up with the the vehicle was but once we made it they and kind they of realized ran out of money? you know it's not worth the money no they just figured it wasn't worth the money they spent it over. once the united states tanks. beat them what's the they purpose had, they, had, they had they had three times as many tanks as we did they had far more soldiers than we did more helicopters more planes more jets you know they just decided it wasn't worth it there were and, 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 and let me add to that let me add to that we're assuming they gave up we don't know if they did something on a covert black ops operation. We don't know what kind of government the Russians have when it comes to their black ops. I mean, we're just assuming they gave up, that they, that they never went to well, the moon. I'm, yeah, on a public scale, well, they I never went to the moon, but on a private we scale, you never know. At, we have to look at what we know, okay? We can also say that an ET came down and told the, uh, the, the Russians to stay away, but that stuff's science fiction, we have to stick to the facts, Angel. You can say this the whole program and go, well, it could be anything. But we got to go with the proof. And the proof says that since the proof the says Apollo that, mission, that they gave up after we stopped them. That's the proof. Stop. That the is. proof says that after the Apollo missions, no one to this day has approached the Van Allen belt. Why is that? And what we're saying from the left here. Lou and Angel, I think I'm getting, is that no one cared anymore because it wasn't worth it. Right. I think that's right. Yep. They, did, yep. they didn't give up. They just kept trying and can't do it. That's what I think. I don't think it's possible, gentlemen. Yep. I don't. I don't buy the I'm fact this one. that a zero-G environment like the moon would not have been a place that the Russians would want to build a base on just like we were preparing to do with Von Braun. This was all stuff that was planned because the moon was a very important spot. And to think that we did it and just said, ah, eh, there's not much there, guys. There's really nothing to do. I saw it. Um, we're going to just uh, back up. In fact, what we're going to do is we're going to build the International Space Station that sort of just uh, uh, moves around in low orbit. And uh, we're going to plant little uh, bushes and stuff in there and uh, float around and uh, uh, talk to students. Because isn't that what they do? I mean, what does the ISS do, guys? You know, anybody I know? today by coincidence that they've actually tested that bacteria are far more lethal in space. For some reason, bacteria grow more rapidly and are more lethal in space. And, and actually, there have been a lot of bacterial infections for our astronauts. I, I'm not going to say it's worth the money, but they do do testing all the time. Uh, there was the article that was today in the Wall Street Journal. I thought it was pretty interesting. I did find online the Soviet yep. rocket was the N1. The Saturn had, our Saturn V had five enormous engines. The N1 had 30 little ones, 24 of them ringed wow. in a circle. 
Yeah. Uh, then you're right. I mean, the Soviets didn't completely give up. It's just we beat them. And so they figured, why be number two at what cost? I think that's what they were thinking. But, well, that, but obviously you, people disagree. And You know, hmm? here's, here's a NASA a kind of like, uh, you say, what, you know, what good are they? This is something they actually, you know, have done since uh, they've done their experiments over the last 30, 40, 50 years. They've proven that there is certain life forms that could survive in outer space, like extremophiles. Well, that's we know about true. The, yeah, right. We know about these creatures mm-hmm. that can survive in the vacuum of space. Think about that uh-huh. for a second. How, how scientifically is that going to help us? Probably in many, many ways, which uh-huh. we're not going to know about for maybe another 100 years, but it's stuff that we're now, you know, we're studying these things that are going to lead to things in the future, but you have to get from step one to step two to step three to get to the goal, or whatever that is, whatever these things Hold on a second. Rich, help I me mean, out here. I, if I you maybe... watch any of the... Go ahead, Lou. Go ahead. Go ahead, Lou. Uh, Well, That's my understanding is, I mean, I, I'm sorry if I'm mangling things, foreshortening things, but they're also no. studying how to make sure that these things don't survive in space, and by that I mean angels. Mm-hmm. They're worried about when they send... Uh, vehicles to other worlds that have water on them in the search for life that we don't also bring our own microbes there. Correct. So they're trying to make sure how to increase the degree of sterility. They do all sorts of tests like that. Whether, again, whether this is worth the money, I don't know, but um, it seems to me a lot of these things could be done robotically. I think that's the, uh, the counter-argument that we don't really... Well, that, I think that's the future, actually. I believe that is the future to, to eventually... Have robots be the the, the explorers? Oh, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're going off in another. Right. We're going on a tangent. Yeah, right. That I don't want to. Get to. I want to stick right. to the fact that there were guys on the moon in the '60s, supposedly, and some of these photos and video that I've watched, these guys have their visors up. This is sunlight with no buffer. Okay, no atmosphere, and these guys. I mean, come on. I can go to Florida. Where Angel lives, I go outside for five minutes and I have a, a, a two degree burn. I mean, it doesn't make sense, guys. It doesn't make you, sense. And, and, and let, I me find ask, let me ask you this, that, and this is a roundabout way of asking: if, 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 if in fact, and I don't know this, I can't attest this. You two, if not three of you, can say: is there much more computer power in the Macintosh or the Apple laptop sitting in front of me than there was in the entire NASA space program? If so. Correct. Uh, okay. Do you think it'd be really that hard to to produce a vehicle with payload and human beings that would get shipped to the moon now? I mean, I I just don't. Uh, then why are we doing it? I can't respond to any of it. There's only one rational explanation, and that's the problem, guys. I'm not convinced that we didn't go to the moon. What I'm convinced of okay. is that these answers are not being provided. Because we can't answer uh, them. They don't make sense. Right? I mean, look, we're talking about budgets. We're talking about where we're sticking our funds. There was plenty of money since Apollo to go back to the moon and do things if they had wanted to do them and if they could have done them. I don't believe that we just thought it was a dead rock with no future. Science has proven that it's false now. There is plenty on the moon to be excited about, including helium-3. Right. Okay, we're talking about an entirely new energy source that can power the planet for the next eon. Why aren't we there mining it, guys? You saw the movie Moon. Again, just like you said, robotics, mining the moon for helium-3 payloads that are then robotically shipped back to Earth for processing, right? And how many people manned the station 
the lunar operations uh, mining station, one person, Sam, Worth- uh, Sam Worthington. Was it Sam Worthington? Um, anyway, he was fantastic in, in the film. But the point yeah. was that they were using uh, cyborgs, uh, clones, basically. And he found out that he was a clone, and it was very upsetting. It was a terrific film. But the point being is that they were hinting to the fact that, yes, there is tons on the moon. And even NASA will own up to the fact that that is a major power source that could do exactly what I just said. So that's not conjecture. That's factual. Why we're not doing that, don't know. Why we're not even getting close to that, don't know. But I will say that the Chinese are pretty good at making stuff, guys. I don't know about you, but they've been pretty good at making stuff. And in 2017, if they're sending a rover, it's not because they don't have the money, kids. Not because they don't have the money. Okay, let's keep going. Number five. Rich might take a stab at this one. Slow motion walking and hidden cables. Uh, a lot of people said that the uh, the actual speed of the film was just uh, screwed up, screwed with to create this imagery that they were walking, and some of the photographs even supposedly show a wire that uh, seems as though they were on some sort of wire contraptions mm-hmm. to move about. I I saw some of what they're saying with that. Again, I would revert back to Marcus Allen. And uh, or you can watch Jared White. He's got a, a few dozen uh, films just about what we just said. Slow motion, how that works, breaking it down. I mean, these guys are not just throwing accusations out there. Let's keep going. Uh, number four, lack of stars. Anyone want to jump on this? Does this bother anybody? There's two two parts to this, I think. There's the actual... Uh, the, the part where you say, okay, the Hasselblad cameras, uh, when the astronauts came back, okay, we're, uh, when, when Neil Buzz and Michael Collins came back, thank you, Lou, for Michael Collins, um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the press conference, uh, has anybody watched it besides me, by the way? Which the famous one? press conference. I don't remember. Which conference? One? This oh. is the returning from the moon, and it's, yeah. it's, kind, of, it's kind of the quintessential one you'll, you'll get clips of. Uh, yeah, one of the it. questions, yeah, okay, they look down, they look depressed, they're very uh, uh, disinterested in wanting to answer questions almost, they're very vague sometimes. Um, anyway, they look exhausted, they look sort of uh, depleted in a way, but mentally, okay, and sure, I'm reaching, but that's just what I read in a lot of other people. Uh, someone had asked about the stars, did you guys see a lot of stars up there, and how come there's no pictures of stars? Now, one of the answers is that the Hasselblad cameras, again, photography question, but they were set up in such a way with their iris or whatnot so that the uh, the shots were supposed to take pictures of what they were supposed to take pictures of, which was them and the moon, etc., not the stars, or they would have been set up a different way. Thus, there's no star pictures. Okay. It sounds a little strange to me because why wouldn't you have a couple set up to do that? Right. Right. You had about a ton of cameras on there. That's basically all they did up there was they sort of got some rocks and took a shitload of film. And you're telling me that not one of them said, hey, let's get some pictures of stars, huh? Well, here's one of the major reasons, and I'll pass it to you, Rich. One of the major reasons the hoax guys say that there's no pictures of stars is because it would have been too hard for them to hoax those pictures 
in relation to where the astronauts were. And the fact-checking would not add up, and it would be a fiasco. So they just took it out of the equation. They didn't take any pictures of stars because there weren't any stars there. It was on a soundstage. Go ahead, Rich. Well, yeah, I mean, I was going to say because it's very hard to, you know, figure out where they were looking and have the stars aligned perfectly. People can figure that stuff out. Also, um, supposedly the cameras were set on infinity. They were because they couldn't use a focus wheel, you know, and, and try to zoom in and all that stuff. So they were set on infinity with a certain aperture setting that certain amount of light can get in and you can see what you need to see. The moon with no atmosphere with the sun up there, it's really bright. It's something like 50 to 100 times brighter bouncing off the moon than it would be the Earth. So, of course, with that said, you wouldn't be able to see the stars anyway, no matter what. I don't see stars when I have my video camera here at home and I'm videotaping the family. I don't see stars in, in the sky because I'm not focused on them. Right. It's very simple. It's and, a very and, simple thing. Well, I, but, I, I guess uh, my my question would have been why couldn't they have set up cameras in order to take some photos of stars as well? Right, right. Why didn't they? You think that would, would be have, interesting? I would, have, I would have thought the. I would have thought, yeah, and so I'm sorry, Rich, but did you, I would have thought the sky would have been just full of stars with less of an atmosphere yeah, blocking it, right, out yeah. the stars. You would have think it'd be yeah. just overwhelmingly studded okay, And stars. Lou, Go ahead. Lou, we're not talking so, about I mean, just the camera, as you brought up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, right. these guys came so back in the in press the conference. Michael Collins says to Neil Armstrong, I don't remember seeing any stars. Right. What? Did he see the movie Contact? I mean, come on. I, this place should be shitload of stars. It should be the cool. Death Valley shouldn't stand next to this. It should be amazing. You know, it, it just blows my mind that that, uh, that, that would be uh, some coming out of his mouth. And also, these guys have amnesia. It's really weird because they said they forget some parts of being on the moon. They, they yeah, forget. They do. And going, you're yeah, right. I read that it's, too. Yeah, well, they would, forgot certain things, like their memory was wiped out or something. Well, that might support yeah. radiation damage, but they're sure not talking about it if it is. And I will say that these guys, for the most part, have lived very long lives. Yeah. Uh, most of the Apollo guys. There's only a few uh, left, so right? There's the, only a few left now. But only a few yeah, left. They didn't live long lives. 80s, a lot of them. Yeah. Well, they were so lucky to be probably upper-middle-class white Americans, you know, with healthy incomes and all that stuff. They had all, they had all that going for them. But you're right. I mean, I think they they were did live long lives. So, well, guys, you could take um, pictures of the stars from Earth. We can go outside and take pretty decent pictures of stars. So the was obvious it, it Mitchell, is, who's the guy who's the UFO advocate? Was it Mitchell? I believe he passed away yeah. a short while ago. I mean, yep. do you not believe him that we went to the moon? Why would he lie about that? If you get what well, I'm saying, you know, here's somebody it, who it, we believe on UFO side, but then we can't we deny I don't, him uh, any rate. Well, that's a great question. Let's break down Edgar Mitchell real quick. Edgar Mitchell yeah. came out as an advocate uh, for UFO uh, disclosure. He said there's stuff there. He was briefed about it. He never produced one iota of proof. Um, he never talked about these uh, uh, so-called folks that briefed him. Um, he was the yeah, second astronaut right. of importance to come out. 
uh, Gordon Cooper, the famous Gordon Cooper interview, where he seems somewhat uh, dementiaed at that point. And, <laughs> Thanks, um, but he did. You're right. You're right. He, but he claimed he took pictures of him. He, he sure Cooper. did. Uh, but yeah. I will say, is it strange? Absolutely. Uh, I will say that when Bart Sabrell went over to Edgar Mitchell's house and uh, surprised him, sucker punched him basically with information that didn't make sense visually on his own TV at home. The guy exploded, uh, kicked him in the back of, uh, in his ass to get out of his house, erupted. Again, why did these people freak out? Why don't they just explain it? But every single astronaut that's been approached uh, is just seething that this would even be discussed. And look, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to ask some of these questions. Uh, it's easy, to, as we know in ufology, to take uh, a question about flying saucers and turn it into just a big mockery. We see it every day. So this is even easier, guys. This is a very – how they pulled it off? That's hard. And what I think happened, because, you know, we're running, not only we've run over, um, what I think has happened is the following. After all this, in our part two of Moon Hoax here, uh, I think the following has happened after many hours of looking at this. My thought is that possibly they did both, meaning there are parts of this where they had to create a backup circumstance for posterity and to win this race that uh, y'all spoke so much about and everyone knows about the space race. We had to win. We had to come up with a solution. And they went to them and said, we can't do it, Mr. President. We're not going to make the deadline. The LEM doesn't work. There's other problems with radiation. These guys might die on TV. This is a bad idea. It was a bad idea back then. Bad idea right now, right? Sounded like a good idea. Right. Anyway, I think what happened was that uh, either authorization was made, and they said, listen, we can create simulations we have already to test in uh, different environments. We have different locations around the globe where it looks exactly like the surface of the moon, and we can make a simulation that will look very similar and we can use that as a backup if needed. I think that that backup was needed, gentlemen. I well, think that backup was needed. I don't know if you're going to mention it in the next three uh, things, but when it was shown yeah, on live television, they the the TV people had a recorded off of of a projector, a projection. They didn't even get the live footage correctly. They had to get it off of a projection. That's why the grainy video was on TV. Believe it or not, 1962, we had high-definition film, cameras, all that stuff. There's launches that are seen from satellites with high-definition camera from Earth looking at launches with high-definition. We had high-def. There's high-def pictures out there of the moon, of everything. Uh, yeah, I think of I believe it. too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. All right, let's move on. Uh, lack of stars we're done with. I don't know that we came to any conclusions other than that it's very strange. Um, and if that was just a, a, a screw-up, really, in how many missions? 
Come on, guys. Uh, this number three, something called the Sea Rock. If you well, haven't watched real, any real, of the documentaries, before you go to number three, the uh, you know this, this just came to me in a lot of the footage and the videos that I've seen of not only the Apollo missions. Uh, where there were, you know, manned missions, but even some of the other stuff that were manned, uh, you don't really see a lot of stars in the footage to begin with. And I think it has something to do maybe with the atmosphere, uh, since it's so different from Earth, the light doesn't reflect properly, and that's why in a lot of the footage it just won't hit enough for it to actually come out on the camera. I think that's that might what have I said. to do with it. Yeah, oh, did you? Sorry, I yeah, I, I think... I th- yeah, I think that uh, seems like possible explanation. You just would have thought that in uh, how many missions they would have either a corrected that and adjusted yeah, the cameras it, to be able to take these photos. If it's uh, if it's really that big of a deal, if it really isn't that big of a deal, why spend money? Of course, it's a big money? deal. Not Don't really. you think they they could have seen stars black on every see. mission? Yeah. We would have seen stars do we don't a- see from Earth. It's not that big a deal. I mean, it's 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 it's, a, it's incredibly important, and the reason it's uh, uh, such a, a a question here is because it would be would have been very hard to fake. Okay, right. so if you're thinking in fake mode, the stars would have been problematic, very mm. problematic. Okay, yeah. Uh, number three, this well, we we don't know. This is what we're saying is that these questions have not been adequately answered. The Sea Rock. I don't know if you've seen anything about this, gentlemen. Oh, Apparently, yeah. there are folks out there that think that there are props that were used on the soundstage, of course, if it was a soundstage. And people screwed up. They left stuff in the photos, uh, certain photos, because there were so many. And they were doing such a top-notch job of uh, keeping stuff under wraps that they uh, made some mistakes. They made some mistakes with uh, the crosshairs on the cameras that were... Uh, uh, on the lenses. Um, they made some mistakes with these props, one of which is called the C-Rock. It actually has a letter C on it and uh, a C that looks to be on the ground as well, um, at maybe trying to identify where to put the rock, kind of right. when, like when you tag a stage for people in plays and such with uh, masking tape. Um, have you seen, has anyone seen the C-Rock except me? No, I've seen it, yeah. Okay, what do you think? I think it's a prop. Yeah, I mean, that's what it looks like, right? I mean, why is there a big C a, on this rock? Not I think it's a little hair that uh, got caught in the lens somewhere. And... Okay, okay. Uh, all right. Could but, be. You know, yeah. Well, how about the video of the stagehand? Have you guys seen that? Yes, I have. Yeah, where yeah. there's you, you see the sure. man on the moon. There's a goddamn the dis- gapper in the photo. Right, he goes to pick up something and <laughs> jumps out of the way. Actually in the video, correct? Yeah. I mean, guys, uh, I have not seen that debunked at all. I don't know about you, Rich, but I've watched how many hours of this stuff now and right. read how many pages. I can't uh, – this should be easy to debunk. But the official explanation is always the same, which is that we don't have to refute this stuff. That's what That's what I'm getting. Neil right. deGrasse Tyson, we don't have to refute this. This is boring. Let's look to the future. Well, the you know, future is the past, because if we can't get there still, I'd like to know, wouldn't you? Yeah. Neil? Okay, let's keep going. I'm getting angry, Joe Rogan. I'm getting angry at you, Joe Rogan. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, num- number two. Oh, Come on, oh, we got to finish show. I got to go back no, to my dog. <laughs> I, might be di- I might be getting disconnected here, so if I'm gone, I'll call back or let Angel know. Okay. okay. 
in the right, room. Dude, the layered crosshairs. Listen up, gentlemen. The camera by astronauts during the moon landings had a multitude of crosshairs to aid with scaling and direction. These are imprinted over the top of all photographs. Some of the images, however, clearly show the crosshairs behind objects in the scene, implying that photographs may have been edited or doctored after being taken, which is exactly what most people who say the moon hoax is bullshit believe that some of the photos were doctored. The photograph shown above, which I, one I'm looking at right now, but I've seen many, is not an isolated occurrence. Many objects are shown to be in front of the crosshairs, including the American flag in one picture and the lunar rover in another. Uh, conspiracy theorists have suggested NASA printed the man-made objects it's over... It's not time. What's not time? Are we still on the air? Yeah, we're on the what air. Was, was that just some weird thing that kicked in? That was Rich uh, yelling, it's not time. Oh, no, it shit. wasn't. No, it wasn't me. It, that it, didn't sound. it wasn't me. Dude, that wasn't me. I'm just sitting me. here. That was it sounded me. like Rich to me, too. So, sorry, Rich. But so I heard it. You, what I, was I, it, did, it wasn't me. That, that was totally like, you, bro. Totally yeah. you. Okay. Huh, weird. But it, where did it actually say again? No, it's not time. Right. I heard it's not like time. It's, yeah, like maybe it's not time. That's the exact voice we did. But it wasn't I, me. I'm telling you it wasn't me. I'm sitting here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He didn't say it. No. Right. So why would I say that? I don't know. Because it, was, exactly. it wasn't time. It's your top ten. Because it wasn't time. <laughs> top ten. That's why you said it. Because it wasn't time, damn it. See, the, if, <laughs> if I was David Wilcock, I would just say that was a huge interruption by some unknown entity. <laughs> It's not time. We can't tell the people. That was rich in the future it's coming back into the. That was rich in the future coming back to the present to tell us that it's not time yeah. yet. Yeah. It was a uh, wise frog. I just went back on my Harley, man. We didn't go. We didn't go. Okay. Okay, we're get we're almost here, guys. Anyway, there's multiple problems in uh, with number two on these layered crosshairs because again, photography land. Go to the experts. These are guys that. We're involved in photography before it was just, you know, take a picture, put it into your iPhone. Hey, we're getting a lot of distortion there, guys. Try to keep your phones uh, decent. Um, uh, these Hasselblads were very specific, and you couldn't mess with them too much. Uh, did they do a lot of doctoring after? It sure seems like it. We've had plenty of witnesses that have worked inside, at least a handful, who have come in and said, yes, the airbrushing was extreme. Now, if you talk to Richard Hoagland, he'll tell you that the airbrushing is extreme because they were actually blocking out structures on the moon, and they right, were trying right. to block out other types of phenomenon. Uh, and that's why the shadows are all screwed up, is because the shadows are actually bouncing off of other structures on the moon that they didn't want you to see, too. So that's a, a whole nother mindfuck, to be honest with you. That doesn't help us get to the bottom of anything. But that sounds like a much crazier uh explanation to me and uh but that's that's Richard Hoagland for you. Uh number one gentlemen this is the number one according to uh listserv which helped me out tonight. I used them but uh to me I think number one is that in twenty seventeen no one has gone through the Van Allen belt. That to me is always going to be the top issue. Okay. Is there somebody else on the line, Angel? Do we know? 
Yeah, it's just Rich again. He's, uh, I guess, uh, having a cord- he's having a heart attack. Uh, just, uh, what? I'm right here. Yeah, uh, we Rich is here. Can you hear me? Okay. Loud and clear. Got you. Oh, okay. So number Loud one is the duplicate <laughs> backdrop, according to Listserv. Okay. Apparently, uh, there are multiple backgrounds. It's called continuity in film. Um, if you guys have worked in film, there's a person called the continuity person. They're very annoying. And they sit there all day, and they go, that hat was over there in the last shot. So you got to make sure that hat is still there. And they do that with everything. That guy was wearing his tie. Now he doesn't have his tie on. Not cool. And people will see that in films. Continuity being off. It happens all the time. Uh, there are computer programs for these people for continuity. Uh, so the the really heavy-duty continuity people have combed through these photographs and have noticed that many of these backgrounds don't add up. Again, this is a photography question. This is something that I would refer to the experts on. I will say that it's a mess. If you look at the data, the photography problems are far. They're vast. There are issues all over the place. Even the shot of... Buzz Aldrin getting out of the LEM, coming down the ladder, which was supposedly taken by Neil Armstrong on the moon, pointing it at Buzz while he's getting down. It doesn't look remotely possible that he took this picture, and it doesn't look remotely possible that it came from a Hasselblad camera that was attached to his chest after he just landed on the moon. It doesn't look possible. Look at the photos yourself. So I think tonight we we covered a lot of ground. The point of the show, part one, was to wet your whistle. Part two was to give you some specifics, not in crazy town, but specific facts. Sure, we can go, oh, well, we don't know. It could be anything, just like SSP, just like any of these things, just like guys who are jumping out left and right right now saying, hey, I can't do real research, so I'm going to come up with some cockamamie story on how I was stationed on Venus for the past 10 years. And guess what? Not a lot of people are going to give him a lot of flack for it these days in this subject. That is sad. So that's why I wanted to do this moon show, kids, because I wanted to say, hey, let's go back to a topic that never even got explained correctly. That is still alive and well, but people, for the most part, are a little scared to get involved with because at this point – it's just easier to make shit up. It's just easier to make shit up. So I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed this evening with a moon hoax. I think we're going to do this show uh, every once in a while. I will say I was a little disappointed. Uh, you can definitely tell going from uh, terrestrial radio to amateur uh, Internet-based radio, uh, sometimes getting in touch with certain guests that I counted on in the past. I was a little disappointed I didn't hear back from Bart. Uh, Sabrell, and I did not hear back from J.R. White. I hope they are both okay, but I was a little disappointed that neither one of them were able to join us tonight to go into a little bit more detail on some of these top ten that we brought to you. But the point of the show in uh, uh, in closing, and I thank everybody for joining us tonight on the panel as well. Thanks to Lou for calling in. We love when you do. Always bring a, uh, a good angle or a good point. Especially when uh, me and Angel are going at me. it. And, and, and he agrees with me. Times yeah. with you. Uh, well, I think he agrees with <laughs> most people. And yeah. I think, you know what? Sometimes I, 
wish that I would just agree with those things. But this one smells. This one still stinks to me, you guys. And I think Rich G saw that. And I think that uh, with See, the I amount think, of... I think, guys, I think you have it half right, though, because I think... Yes, some of the footage was doctored. Yes, some of it was made up uh, because they had to, because they had to tell a pretty picture that didn't involve anything that the the public could not be aware of yet, that we're not supposed to look at yet or see yet, uh, stuff that was already there, maybe ours, maybe extraterrestrial, whatever. I mean, I do believe that, you know, we went to the moon. I think that that was all legit. I think we had already been to the moon. I think the space program that we saw on NASA's TV was a covert operation just to give us the, you know, the magic act where the real operations going on in the background, and we've been going back and forth ever since. That's my belief in the whole thing. But I do think some of it, of course, some of it was probably doctored, staged, and all kinds of stuff. I mean, I've seen enough uh, evidence of stuff being airbrushed out of pictures from the moon to know that they're keeping stuff away from, you know, what really is on there from us. So I have no doubt that they'd stage some of this stuff back then, just because it's easier to stage it than to actually get some of those shots with really cheap technology. Which is One thing we didn't... Yeah, and one thing we didn't talk about was the accidental footage that showed up where they were staging the Earth some from supposedly, you know, they were, what, 90 minutes away from the moon or something like that, and here right. they are in Earth's orbit where you can see the blue sky shining in in certain windows and a reflection of the off the Earth, and then they're putting the, the camera in the window – or away from a window and making the earth look like it's far away. And then you hear, like it's scripted. Then you hear one of these guys tell one of the astronauts to talk, and he goes, talk. And then the guy, the astronaut, starts talking. So yep. what was that about? Well, well Rich, the, Rich the truth is, the, they, don't, they don't want us to know that it's a flat earth. Oh, right. I forgot. No, no, Forgive no. That's, me. The, that's silly. <laughs> the, look, yeah, the, the, Rich, the reason that they used uh, what Bart claims, uh, who uncovered that evidence, is uh, transparency of the Earth. because uh, And the guy who was talking um, was telling them to wait because there should have been approximately a four-second delay in, the, in uh, being able to respond. But there wasn't because they weren't that far away. And also? So, that, yeah. go ahead. Also, that picture of Earth through that window didn't look like earth to me man that thing looked weird if you ever go back and look at that video look at the clouds look at the way the the land is on there it looked like they were looking at mars with an atmosphere yeah. you know that big scar or venus on or mars like yeah you know how mars has that huge scar in it that big canyon uh -huh. that's what it looked like they were looking at but i know it wasn't but it was just a strange looking earth it didn't Still. even look right yeah. Still, if you look at that, that to Bart Sabrell and many is a, is the smoking gun. Okay. Yeah. And keep in mind, this was not publicly released footage. This was stuff that was uncovered and was, uh, um, I believe, an insider. Uh, well, got the this footage. No, no. Yeah. The record button accidentally popped up. Oh, is that what it was? They, yeah. And they didn't know they were recording that at the time. Uh, but what, then why was it just an oversight that they didn't get rid it was, of it? Some people, it was, yeah. yeah, go ahead. No, yeah, oh, I was just agreeing. I thought you were going to say something else. Okay. Well, oh. the the <laughs> issue is, um, yeah, it's hard with all these folks on the panel sometimes with Skype. Uh, 
I think that the issue for many people, if, if at the end of the show, if anything you get from this, uh, there's a kid out there, there's a millennial out there going, wow, this I thought was going to be ridiculous, and there's actually some stuff to this. There's actually some meat to this. Maybe they'll go into school tomorrow and ask their science teacher, and maybe they'll get that glib kind of, oh, God, really? Um I did do this as a joke once at a parent-teacher night where I asked the earth science teacher if she was going to be covering the flat earth theory. <laughs> and uh, obviously I got a, a nasty look. But I was joking, of course. But the point being is that it's just kind of uh, an, an example of how these subjects in mainstream are just sort of brushed aside. There is meat to this argument. I've listened to both sides, and I will say the side, uh, the NASA side and the uh, mainstream science side, it's pretty weak at answering a lot of these questions. And if the reason that we haven't gone back to the moon is because we uh, – or at least if the reason that everyone thinks is because we didn't have the, the budget anymore or we didn't think it was worth it, that doesn't – I don't buy that for a second, so – I really don't. I, I would be more prone to believe what angels uh, and some of the uh, New Agers think, which is that uh, we we have a se- the secret space program and we have um, uh, Hitler-shaped uh, space command modules with swastikas stickers on top of them. And um, uh, John Lear thinks we're having uh, grass and atmosphere on the backside of the moon and uh, shopping malls and cities. Well, I didn't go all that crazy now. Relax. Well, no, but what you did say was we just don't know. We don't know anything. That's what you're saying. But that is the truth. We really don't know. Isn't that easy to believe, though? But at the end of the day, we really don't know anything. We're just speculating. Right. Not to me. I think we laid out a lot tonight that wasn't speculation. I think it's factual. The Van Allen radiation belt is factual. It's not a speculation. Yeah, it's it's factual, but it's, it's speculation that we can't get around it. Wait, Angel, how can we get through the Van Allen belt then? Well, get through it is one thing. Get through it healthy without, you know, being burnt to a crisp or being radiated to, to hell. Right. That's a different thing. Well, uh, you I'm know that's sh- what I mean. Yeah, I know. I'm pretty sure the technology, it's uh, not something that's completely out of our grasp to be able to survive a trip like well, that. Well, Angel, maybe, maybe I'm reading you wrong. Are you trying to say if I'm reading you right, then I might agree with you? That post-Apollo, they said, hey, okay, we won the space race. Now we're going to do our own thing up there, and we don't have to tell the people about it anymore. Pretty much. Is that what you think happened? Pretty okay. much. I mean, but even, the, even Apollo, I think, Apollo, but even, but even Apollo, I think, was uh, a lot of it was smokes and mirrors because a lot of that was just to show the public, hey, look, you know, this is what we're doing. We're beating the Russians. Yay, America! You know, it's just a way to pump up the crowd. That's really all that was, and you know, showing you know, you know, men on the moon and all that stuff. That really was just you know, America trying to be number one at something. And once that happened, the Russians, I do believe, like Lou said, the Russians were like, well, it's not even worth trying anymore because, you know, why spend all these all these billions of dollars on something that the Americans, Americans already won at? And maybe behind the scenes, they already knew how much more times we had been to the moon yeah, than we were letting on. Who knows? Right, but then riddle me this. Why in 2017, since I was a kid, the moon has been downplayed, as demean- demeaned as a dead rock, purposely uh it so it would seem to downplay mm-hmm. going back there and 
that no our enemies and alike, no one has gotten near putting a man on the moon. That, to me, suggests that you don't create a technology as sophisticated as being able to land on the moon and get back home successfully multiple times, six, I believe, to be exact, and not want to ever duplicate that again or go further. Here, see, or here's, where here's where we're not meeting at, uh, at our viewpoint here, uh, Jesse. Okay, okay. Uh, this is where you're completely missing my point. Uh, who says that we have not gone back to the moon many times? Just because publicly they're not telling you they're doing something does not mean they're not doing it. Because they're not publicly saying we're going to the moon next month, and here you can go to uh, Cape Canaveral and see the uh, the shuttle launch. Just because you're not seeing it does not mean that it's not happening. Those are two different things, and it doesn't even have to be you know that kind of a, of a secret government doing it. It could be our very own government with our very own black budget projects that are going back and forth and have bases on there, and they do their thing. They're just not telling us because, again, the government does not need to tell us every single move that they make. I mean, this is one of the main fallacies that people have in this world where they think that the government should tell them every single step of every move they make. No, some things they keep to themselves for security purposes, for national security purposes, for world security purposes, for mankind's own security. Maybe we do have bases on the moon. Maybe we have weapons on the moon. Maybe we have all kinds of things on the moon. We beat the Russians. We beat everybody. We put all this stuff in place first, and that's why nobody's dropped a nuke on us. You also realize all these countries have nukes. Nobody's ever deployed a nuke. Who has? America is the only one that's ever deployed a nuke on another country. Why? Because we are the big boys in this world. And if we beat everybody to the moon, if we put bases on the moon, if we put weaponry on the moon, nobody's going to fuck with us, period. And that's why nobody messes with America in a, in a real sense. I have a huge hold up on that argument, but we're so out of time. I'm not going to go there. I will you, just, you uh, just... You have no argument to that. You know, you know, you know I'm 100% correct. Uh, no, no, where, where I was go, where I would have gone, uh, uh, is that when we did drop the bomb twice, uh, we were the only folks that had it. And that's why yeah, we that's weren't true. worried about the repercussions. Uh, uh, now it's a whole different gameplay. So, uh, it's a stalemate. It's, it, yeah, that's, and nobody, that's, and still nobody's checkmate. pulled the trigger. A, nobody's pulled the trigger because they know the moment they try something, there's going to be some coming from the moon right at their ass and they're gone. <laughs> I think, are, I think, are you guys uh, familiar with this? Go ahead, Go ahead, Lou. Uh, there's an interesting sighting from Skylab 3, it was, that Brad Sparks talks a lot about. Are you guys familiar uh-huh. with that? Uh, Are you? No, but it's negative. Be an interesting... I'm going to send you... Uh, Paul Kimball did a video, the top ten UFO sightings. Are you familiar with Paul Kimball? He's Stanton Freeman's nephew, yeah. and the two of them disagree about a lot of things. Well, Paul had a film, and he covers Brad's the, uh, sighting of a craft from Skylab 3 and a lot of the analysis that goes with it. I'll post the link to the video on the chat room. You guys might want to see it. It's a 47-minute video. It's only one of the sightings. I think it starts about minute four or so. I'll, I'll note that for you. But that okay. might be an interesting topic for you to talk oh, about. Oh, I want to see it. Yeah, yeah. I want to okay. see it. And I'll, I want somebody... Lou, I also want somebody to explain to me if they can. Uh, look, when you hang in the circles like Richard Branson does... You know just about everything, okay? This mm-hmm. guy has Obama coming over to hang out right after he got out of the White House to go jet skiing. I wouldn't brag about that, but yeah. doesn't matter. The point <laughs> being is he hangs out in circles. 
that people would drool to be in, and his knowledge of the world is probably pretty vast in what's really going on, quote-unquote. That's my take. Um, why a guy would invest uh, billions into a program, which is spaceport technology, to launch vessels, crafts, into orbit to give people some sort of uh, uh, zero-G experience uh, and have, a, I guess, a cocktail or, or something like that um, <laughs> is, is pretty bizarre, uh, as is uh, Musk and, and, and the folks at SpaceX. Uh, if if yeah. the technology existed to go to the moon and we had done it, like we all talked about here in the early 60s, right? In the mid and late 60s, right? And that technology is less than what in a smartphone. I highly doubt that both Branson and Mosk would not be looking to the moon. Why did they skip the moon and point towards Mars, guys? Why did they skip the moon where they could big, build hotels and build all kinds of interesting things that would be very attractive to people? Hey, we're going to the moon for vacation this year. It's going to be awesome, right, instead of what they're doing. They're not going near the moon. You guys have any sort of explanation? Because I can't come up with If the technology exists and it's old, and granted, let's say Angel's right, and they're going there and doing all sorts of stuff, either A, Branson and alike were told, you don't go near the moon. You understand? Moon is quarantined and it's off limits. It's a military outpost. You cannot go there. Understood? And they said, yes, sir. Right. That could be an explanation, but we have no proof to support that claim. The other theory, which the makes cost? more sense. How about what, the cost? Yeah, well, especially the cost, you know, like a billion dollars. I guess I don't what, know what it would be. Well, let's put it this way, Lou. Back in the day in uh, what was it? 68, 69. Uh, when we were going to the moon, it took what? Approximately three days to get there. OK, I don't recall. Uh, I believe it's about okay. three days because right. two just, days. I think it, Right. Thank you. Okay, two days. So even even faster. So two days to get there in '69. Okay, um, with very low tech compared to now technology. So you got to think in 2017 they can get to the moon in a day. I'm just going to cut that in half, right? I'm I'm thinking that they should probably be able to get there a lot faster with modern day technology, but. Even if they had the same technology, they could still get there, and they've got oodles of money. So budget becomes sort of uh, a cop-out, don't you think? What is, you see what where I'm going here, guys? Nothing, you're wrong. I do. It's actually a good business idea, if, if permissible. And that's your point, that maybe they've been brushed off or warned off. Um, there has to be a reason, guys, is what I'm saying, is there has to what, be a what reason. What I'm wondering is, why does space... Why does SpaceX have failed or, uh, rocket launches? You would think this is pretty old technology. Yes. It doesn't make why they're, sense. Why they're, None well, of I mean, this yeah, makes it might, sense. It, it, no, it might be old technology to NASA, but, I mean, SpaceX, uh, I mean, are they sharing the technology with NASA? I mean, or is NASA sharing the technology know. with them? I mean, if, if they're now going to put their feet into the, the space program, that's great. But, I mean, if they don't have somebody giving them, you know, the schematics of how they've been doing it for the last 50 years, then they're well, starting from scratch. They're just, okay. you know, So they're, I can answer the question re- really simply. Uh-huh. SpaceX is working on reusable rockets. What the difference is is that rockets in the past were one-offs. They 
for their budgetary constraints as well and to make a successful model of using these things for payloads, they must return them and they actually land them in the middle of the ocean on a platform through testing uh, vertically, meaning they actually just land right the way they started, guys, um, which is okay, right. pretty like amazing. Like science fiction movies. Like, yeah. Yes, like, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, yeah, did they, did they have a bunch of these things blow up on them? Absolutely. Uh, it sounds like an incredibly difficult task, but they're claiming if they can't get that to work correctly, they'll never be able to make it on Mars. And somebody brought up something about Mars, which was fantastic, is that uh, apparently the 3D printing technology is a game changer uh, for Mars because we would send over a bunch of these things to actually build the things we need. Yeah. And I thought that in itself is, a, is just an amazing feat to think about in, in science fiction, too, that now that's a reality. But, guys, then go back to my initial question about the moon and technology and these players I'm talking about and Bigelow and the like, it doesn't add up. And nobody wants to answer that question. What, what would Musk, Musk say or uh, what, would, uh, what would Branson say if you said, why aren't you guys going to the moon? It makes a lot more sense, doesn't it? What do you think these guys would say, Rich? Why are they going to the moon? Aren't they going why to the moon? Why are they not? I mean, that's actually an interesting yeah. question that you could pose to one of them if you ever ran across them in an airport. We're or talking about 40-year-old technology. They're not even trying to surpass 40-year-old technology? Yeah. I mean, well, <laughs> there's – because we don't have the technology. Maybe that's well, if it. We don't have the technology. We didn't go to the moon, I guess. I mean, there's, well, there's only a couple ways to look at this, guys. Either we were told to get off the moon, which some people think. And they said the moon is off limits. It's not yours. A lot of people think the moon is an artificial body. They don't even think it's a, a moon. They think it's a planetoid, right? They don't want to get it reclassified. It it's doesn't work Pluto. It's bigger than Pluto. Okay. I, I, you know, that was the whole point of the show. We got to wrap it up. Moon Hoax Show Part Two in the books. I hope some of these characters I'm talking about are okay out there. I haven't heard from them, and they usually get back to me rather quickly, and they're usually very excited to get on the show to talk because they don't get a lot of avenues to speak out because people are kind of done with the subject. I don't understand why. We can stop going into crazy land sometimes and start looking at some of the facts, start looking at the history and why it doesn't add up. That's where uh, I think Angel and I do disagree is that there are still facts to be looked at. We don't just have to look at uh, conjecture every week and say, well, th- who knows? Maybe Andy B's telling the truth. No, he's not telling the truth. No, 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 wait, no. That guy lies. <laughs> That's what you're saying. Of no. course he can be right. You know that? No, I'm saying he lies. I'm saying well, he is, he is others can be telling the truth, but he years. lies. Say what now? an Andy B supporter. Now, we were talking about this the other night. I wanted a t-shirt made. One of the chat room uh, folks said it's going to have Rich G on the front, right? right? That, right, pic- right. that picture I'm looking at right now. And on the back, <laughs> it's going to say it's going to have a picture of Andy B. So Rich G on the front, Andy B on the back. Oh my God. What do you think? I, uh, I, make that? Uh, uh, I, I wouldn't buy that. I'd buy that for a dollar. Hey! All right, and we're wrapping it up. Gentlemen, thanks for being on the show tonight. For everybody else listening out there, uh, this show's purpose was not to convince you on whether or not we went to the moon. It was to convince you that there is things to be 
looked at. They're right in our backyard that in 1969 we could get to in two days. And in 2017, we can't get there in 40 years. So, guys, take a listen. There's plenty to see on YouTube land to keep you up all night. For the rest of you out there that have put this to rest, I um, humbly accept your opinion. And I will say that everyone has a right to it. But at the same time, these moon hoaxers, hoaxers, I will tip my hat to and say good for you for questioning things. The rest of y'all out there in Euphonaut land, we will be back live Monday night. We have a terrific guest lined up, and we're going to be talking about um, uh, fast food. So tune in next Monday, and we're going to be talking about everyone's fast food favorites. Uh, there's a guy on YouTube I have to talk to you about named Robert Dyer who does the best fast food food reviews of new items you'd ever want to see in your life. It's incredibly entertaining, and it's been my new hobby. Uh, we'll see you next Monday night. This is Jesse Randolph, Angel Espino, Rich G for the callers. Thank you for everyone in the chat room. Euphonaut Radio, next Monday night. Don't miss it. Take care, everybody. Big Lou.